and welcome to the Ninja Boxing Podcast with me, Annie White, and with me today, Martin Theobald and Terry Chapandama. Exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth. So yes, welcome. Welcome to the New Age Boxing Podcast. Okay, you're kind of feeling like my role's being snatched away from me here, but nevertheless, um, a very happy... Happy 2019, everyone. Look, if there's one thing that I know from doing the podcast for these few years, it's that people don't like people on this podcast that are professional. Yeah? So less of your professionalism and more of my casual hosting. All right? That's okay with me. You've blown your budget for the year already. Indeed, welcome to the Nourish Boxing Podcast, and this is actually the start. Did of the we podcast. go with a bit with your sister in it? In the well, end? I mean, you didn't protest that much, so <laughs> I, I stuck it in there. It took me a solid ten minutes, and if we know anything about our time on this pod, if we've spent that much time on something in any sort of preparation, that's probably most more than we've spent on anything ever in the history of the pod. That's more than we did for the live show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, oh, all right then, oh, well, Terry. Okay. You met my sister for the first time tonight. My other sister. Yeah, I know. Um, would you? Know. Um, I would might you? have done already. I had to just double check through the, <laughs> through the archives. Man. You never know. She looked familiar. She definitely had that walk, you know. <laughs> Don't you mean limp? Yeah, residual. I mean, legacy injuries. <laughs> the tears. Yeah, my sister. I don't want to... <laughs> Please, please Train, train crash, mate. Tunnel said 20 feet across only. Choo-choo. <laughs> 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 I didn't ask for happy any of this. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, indeed. Happy New Year to everyone. We're back. Um, Not improved. I, I'm, I was just about to say, uh, how was everyone's Christmas and New Year? I think everyone forgets, man. I've got Te- four weeks of shit that I need to get off my chest at some point today because I haven't done one Jesus. of these. Can Since we do any other Fury. business now? Martin's nah, nah, going to nah. be a good 20 minutes getting his hipster beanbag sorted out. Uh, I'm just logging into Google offices over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, at some point, I will, I know, it'll, it'll, it'll leak out gently. Oh, Are sorry. we on about your sister again? No. Still? <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, oh, shit. <laughs> it's... So how was your Terry? You somehow managed to lose weight over Christmas and New Year. What's that all about? Right, listen, man, getting out, doing, doing, doing the road work, living the life, geezer. You know what I mean? Living Did you run on Christmas Day? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I ran out of phone batteries. So I couldn't even video myself. Ah, oh, well, it didn't count then. Do you, know, do you know? Do you know what's really bad? Right? You know when you do the run where you run out and then you run back? No. <laughs> Isn't so that anyway, just a run? No, no. But you know, some people just do it straight, and then they might just go and you know go to the shops or whatever. But it was like. Uh, <laughs> Did the full circle. So I've right, run out okay. and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I've gone four miles out and I'm like, okay, we'll get there. And you know, you're looking at your battery. You're like, I'm hoping Can I this get an Uber? Lasts. Mate, it went, phone goes dead. It goes from 20% to zero with a mile to go. That's not and cool. And I'm there and I'm like, do you know what? I can hear everything now. 
And you know, you can hear everything. You're like, why the fuck am I doing this? It's cold. It's windy. It's horrible. But I mean, got to put the work in, man. Well, you're yeah. definitely screwed at that point. Me, me, me and Ted well. Cheeseman are the only guys who are officially in camp right now. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in camp all the while, man. And I, I like thought that. Anthony Yard was always in camp. Or does he not need a camp? That doesn't. Come on, man. He oh. is the camp. He is. He, look. <laughs> he is the camp. Um, it was like Teddy Atlas said. Anthony Yard could retire for 10 years, no tune-up fights, and fight for any world title he wants to. I remember Teddy Atlas saying that really, <laughs> really well, actually. What resonates else? resonates in my ears. Isn't often. that the tattoo you've got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teddy Atlas, yeah. Um, Martin, how was your Christmas New Year? It's all right. It's quiet. All family. With all the children? Lovely. Wow. Yeah, is... nah, it's all right. But uh, nah, it's good. I haven't really done anything of note. I went to go see Walking with Dinosaurs in London. Oh, okay, yeah. It's phenomenal. Really? Like, if anyone gets a chance, I don't know if they're touring the show or what, because it's not on at uh, Wembley Arena anymore, but I went there for it last weekend. And it's just, it's the most mind-blowing thing I've ever seen. <clears throat> it's like being in a film, like a film's taking place in front of you. Like, these dinosaurs are just ridiculous. Oh, in scales. Are they, are they life-size? I don't know if they're life-size, because I don't know how big a brontosaurus was. What? Why not? Um, <laughs> but, they've got the skeleton in the museum if right? you think of where the the lighting rig in the SSE arena is like fairly close to the roof it's touching upon that almost it's like the, the long necked ones are up there and like they bring out a T-Rex and this motherfucker's like Rawr! and uh, they're how, just how, how many tickets do you reckon one of those T-Rexes would sell on a four rounder on a four rounder it depends who he's up against uh, he'd probably get a raptor Christian Late <laughs> <laughs> still couldn't stop him um but nice. Nah, uh, if anyone gets a chance out there, go and see Walking with Dinosaurs. Cause that, it is that is mad phenomenal. Though, it? You could be up against a T-Rex and its reach is like three inches. <laughs> <laughs> it's like high 12 foot one <laughs> reach, four inches. <laughs> but if it bites your ear, you're going to know about it. <laughs> but yeah, that nah, is like genuinely, if anyone gets a chance, I don't know if they're touring it, but go and see it. It's, uh, and I took my, my nine-year-old son with me. Yeah, and he that's was, kind of, the thing is, that's like an excuse to No, because I told my parents about it and then they went and booked tickets for the next day. Like no kids with them. Like they just went and, and did it. So mm. yeah, you don't have to, don't have to, have a kid with you I don't think it's uh, no nah. so that was about the highlight of my Christmas doing that aside from the time my wife and kids and whatever well that's probably good this was uneventful have you stopped pretending to be Santa now or do you still have to do that <sighs> nah they're at an awkward age the 9 and 10 year old are like this is bullshit and we know it is <laughs> yeah, my 9 year old says to me the other day he's like Santa would just get arrested for going into everyone's house like, it does sound like your son to say something like that. Yeah, but people have been doing this in the BBC for years, going into young boys' houses, and they didn't get arrested for many, many years. So Father Christmas is still son, getting if away with something this. I know about big, uh, uh, big institutions like Father Christmas is there'd be someone covering his back, son. Yeah. So <laughs> never get arrested. There's probably a number of elves that are getting locked up for it. But um, So no, it's, uh, it's an awkward stage because I've got the younger ones as well. Um and so they still believe implicitly in all of it. Oh. So yeah, I have to, I have to like shut the fuck up to the big ones yeah. and to the little ones. I'm like, you're a bit stupid believing it, but whatever, we'll we'll crack on. <laughs> I love the idea that you've got some surly Santa Claus coming down. I just like uh, rolling your eyes at the older ones, going, "Come on then." And then was he, half oh, Father Christmas?" Just like, uh, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, but I'm <laughs> meant to be asleep, Andy. It doesn't work if they're away. But don't, oh, you don't dress up. But you asked me if you no, dress up. No, I don't up. dress up. No. Just there. No. 
You you wait until they're asleep. Did you um? Did you like the little bite out of the biscuit and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah all that stuff. <laughs> did you did you ever? Yes. Did, what did you leave for the reindeer? Uh, a carrot that I then had to get a <laughs> get a knife out of the fucking drawer <laughs> and sit and try and carve in what looked like reindeer teeth. <laughs> And I'm halfway through it thinking, what am I doing? What because reindeer would only take a bite out of a I know, as well. I know. But <laughs> nah, that's enough. You know I've, got look, I'm, I'm I've got to watch my figure for the next 2,000 million houses. But you have to stand there thinking, like, what am I doing with my life? Because my, my five-year-old doesn't know what a reindeer's bite mark looks like I in was, a carrot. I don't know why you didn't bite yourself, if I'm honest. I want to bite a raw carrot. <laughs> Doesn't appeal to I'd like deep throat in a carrot as well, so I get and it also, properly uh, in there. I, th- I think the dentition's completely different. I imagine <laughs> hum- humans will have canines. I don't think reindeers do. I think they probably have. Yeah, because that's what it's five-year-old <laughs> ruined the illusion, Dad. <laughs> reindeers don't have canines. <laughs> so, Dad, if there's one thing I know about you, it's your it's your dental marks. <laughs> so um, yeah, just now what, what you'll know, you'll know it's real next Christmas. When they just leave some strike force tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, stories like this are a great advert for pulling out. It's <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it's magical. The whole period's magical with kids, but going through that motion of, of pretending Father Christmas is real is a bore like. Uh, well, um so I, I tried to I I cooked on Christmas Day, that was pretty that was alright. Um New Year's Eve I tried to cook tried to do some like gourmet thing i tried to do <laughs> i tried to do soft boiled qu- uh quail scotch eggs right why because like, i thought it sounded nice it sounds terrible wait wait is it quail meat and quail eggs no it, quail it was egg? like sausage meat it just really cheap eggs. sausage meat yeah well it wasn't it wasn't necessarily i mean it wasn't expensive but it, <laughs> but it wasn't the cheapest sausage meat fucking hell mate like how'd it turn out I'm guessing horrendously based upon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could say that. Like, I expected them to be a lot quicker. So basically, <laughs> everyone sat around for about an hour and a half waiting for the starters. I kind of somewhat saved it with the main course, which was um, beef ribs with some uh, mashed potato, which I managed to. That was, it was all right. When you said that that started, did they all go, "Oh, I can't eat too much of this." I'm really, <laughs> really saving myself for that main course. <laughs> some of them were undercooked. I had to put them back in the fryer. I was like, oh, you undercooked man. the ribs? No, that was the 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 Scotch eggs. I undercooked the sausage meat, trying to save the the soft boldness of the eggs. You know, you don't want to leave. Didn't, it in- didn't you pre-cook the meat? No, no. Because how would you wrap it around the eggs? Anyway, so I, I so I managed to you know, I stumbled I through. I feel like Gordon Ramsay right now. You're, I'm trying to help you here, st- and you're refusing to listen to I me. St- do you want me to just fuck off and get out now? I Is that what you really I want? I should have oh, pre-made him. You should have just rung Terry. So uh, then I got to dessert, and I was doing a baked Alaska for dessert. Oh, fucking hell. What is it, 1981? <laughs> Did you have a jam roly-poly with it? <laughs> But it, Angel delight. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. Like just yeah. The whole but, plan sounds like a disaster. Yeah, it was. I'm yeah, glad was. you didn't invite me. No, it was. It was. The thing about hard. ribs, I learned this the hard way. Like you, you have to get it wrong a few times before you get it right. Well, I, I, look, ironically, the ribs actually didn't. They weren't too bad. I did probably most research on the ribs. That probably tells me. You know, as might all know, homework was never my strong point. No, um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> having gone to school with you. But yeah, so. 
Anyway, yeah. 12 minutes in, I suppose we should start talking about some yeah. boxing at the very least. Um, so yeah, that's some sort of catch up of our lives ever since we left you. <laughs> and we're now back in the same room for the first time in 2019. It's good to be to back. To discuss, at some length I suspect, or at the very least the AOB at section. Uh, and we're going to start with, in chronological order of what you sent me on the message but it's worth noting nothing really has happened in boxing so this is a very rough agenda all right um actually i would like to therefore start with white dismisses Usyk. so i'm assuming therefore Usyk has called out white and white's gone i'm not fine. no it's not that he's called him out there was an interview with dillian white this week on ifl yes it was son shan go on then shan Everyone remember, remember when I did the grey hair tracksuit brigade and people didn't think it would catch on? <laughs> <laughs> it had to come out eventually. <laughs> and so Dillian was talking about who his next fight could be if it's not Joshua. But he was talking about like, could be Briazil, love to fight Miller. Um, why would he want to fight? Why would anyone want to see him fight Briazil? Well, it, it sorts out the WBC problem once and for all. But he's going through these names, and then at the end, like there's one glaringly omitted name, and Kun Cassius says to him, well, what about Usyk? He's like, nah, nobody knows who Usyk is, so like, <laughs> why would I want to fight Usyk? <laughs> like, that's not going to sell to people. Yeah, he would much rather see you fight the Cobra, mate, because you know who he is. <laughs> but you kind of sat there thinking, like, if you gave me the argument, Usyk's never fought a heavyweight. I can buy that. Yeah. Don't give me the argument the guy who's just fought on Sky pay-per-view yeah. against Bellew ended the career uh, of one Effectively. of Britain's... Yeah, yeah. But if Bellew had won that, he'd probably have carried on, yeah, suspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't mean, like, finished him, but, you know, it was the end of that, that era of Bellew. Um, fought on Sky pay-per-view, is signed to zone slash Matchroom. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I think it's Matchroom, isn't it? USA. Um, but yeah, gives it the argument of like, no one knows. Just cleared up the cruiserweight division. Undisputed champion. You can give me the argument, have a heavyweight fight and prove yourself, yeah. then I'll fight you. But you can't give me the argument of like, no one knows who he is. No, but I think his point was actually, because it was asked in relation to Brazil. And no, they he, asked directly yeah, about Usyk. Yeah, because what he said was, look at Usyk. For all the stuff he's done, and he, he he gave Usyk his credit. He said he's a good guy, but he's not going to fill a stadium. He said, but Brazil, people will know because he fought Anthony Joshua. So people will know who he is and why he exists. There's the video footage and so forth. But Usyk just fought Bellew. Like that, that argument is flawed. Well, I think it's I think if you're if you're Dillian, right, and you're like, I've just fought Chisora. I'm trying to maintain an upwards trajectory in terms Which of Which you can't blame him. Yeah, in terms of commercial appeal. So you're really saying, really, I want to fight Joshua. And if I'm not going to fight Joshua, I need to fight the guy that's in the way of me fighting Wilder. And it, it, we, we, which are really his only two options. But then he was talking up Miller, like I'll fight Miller. But nobody in the UK oh. knows who Miller is, other than the fact the fat fuck was on Soccer AM for was, some odd good, reason. Though. You can't argue that no one knows who Usyk is if you're going to argue you should Miller. fight Miller. Because regardless, Miller is less well known than Usyk at this point. Usyk's the look. And I think sometimes in boxing, we are guilty of existing in an echo chamber. And we all know who Usyk is. And you mean you can probably go two or three concentric circles out. They'll know who Usyk is. But that guy down the pub who you're trying to get to spend 20 quid on a pay-per-view, it's a harder sell for him. But they've just bought him three months ago. <laughs> well, they bought Bellew. But they know who was in the other corner yeah, who yeah. finished him. And this is my one. So they bought Bellew. 
because and then you go okay you got the Usa carryover so by that logic the Joshua carryover that Brazil's got should be greater right but not Miller well, no, I don't, he look, fought but, Brazil ages ago. Yeah, like two, <laughs> three years ago. Yeah, Brazil's. He's just dog shit. He's not dog shit, but he's <laughs> just, he's <laughs> not irrelevant. But he's not. He's not a known commodity any more than Usyk is. Does Bra- it was just that argument of like nobody knows who he is. Just I, I didn't understand it. Like again. You could say he's not as well known. I would rather be fighting Joshua. And I think that was his point initially is I just want to fight Joshua. Everybody else is a secondary option. And I admire that because that's what he wants, whether that's because it's financial gain or aspirations for his career, whatever. But just the dismissal of Usyk on the basis that nobody knew him. When was Brazil's last fight? And who who did he fight? He fought on a PBC card. Yeah, he he? he was not that long ago. He's been active, which is why he's mandatory for. Uh, Wilder. Wilder. And but we don't know when that's gonna happen because we're waiting to see if he fights Fury well, again. So, uh, so this is the, this is my take on it. Joshua's become like Mayweather, where there are hundred the, the tens of fights that have been discussed and potentially agreed, but it's all dependent on who Joshua picks as his opponent. Because once he makes his choice, everything else falls into place sensibly. So if let's say for example Joshua goes, Actually, I'm off to America to fight Miller. Let's just say he does. <laughs> And then, and then that gives the option of, you say, okay, is there an option for Dillian to fight Tyson Fury? No. Is there an option for Dillian to fight whoever, Brazil? No. Okay, we might have to put him in with Usyk. So it all starts to shake down that way, depending on who Joshua picks. It's just bottlenecking, isn't it? Like the heavyweight division <clears throat> is totally bottlenecking at the moment, well, simply because there are basically, in effect, there's, there's two belts, what, two, two people... There might be two people with belts. One yeah. of those will make you a shed load of money. The other one will make good money. Uh, yeah. And everyone wants that shed load of money. And you can't blame them for that. Yeah. And, uh, they, and they don't want to get iced. Or <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to lose on the way there, do you? Because the problem with... No one's ever been the same after fighting Wilder. If you look at their careers, no one's ever been the same. Yeah. The weird thing is, do you know what I think? If, like, I, I realise it's unlikely. But if, the, if they'd announced White versus Wilder tomorrow... Do you not think that would sell out Wembley? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it would. Yeah, so like it's it's. I realise that Wilder would be making a. Ma- what would be the point of him coming over to the UK for that? But it would make it would you if you dealt with it the right way. Wilder now has the potential to make an absolute stack load of money in the UK. I wanna, so I want to be controversial. I believe the the Sky heavyweight revenue bubbles fixed. Right, there's a ceiling to it beyond which they can't go. Wembley can only be so big. There are only so many people that will buy a top-level pay-per-view. There's a natural ceiling to it. I think White versus Deontay Wilder gets close to filling that ceiling. I do. So let's just say Joshua grosses 30, 35 million for a pay-per-view fight. Just picking numbers out before you experts start saying I'm wrong. These are just random numbers. I think Dillian versus Deontay gets close to that. 27, 28. Because... Remember, as we've said on this podcast before, we know when we're getting someone special coming over to fight and we normally get behind them. And we know that Deontay Wilder, for all, for all the times we slag him off and whatnot, we know he's special because you don't ice people the way he does if you're not special. Not only that, but he's had, a, it's almost like a perfect introduction in as much as he was 
he's obviously had his fights and that would have been like the hardcore like you guys you two would have been aware of him far for far before say i was i'm knocking out audley up in sheffield (laughs) and then it slowly ramped up with all of the talk with aj and how yeah and then that gets all and then fury fights him and that makes headline news over here suddenly he's he's relevant in in the uk so now he is a commodity by himself whereas before as we sort of discussed before with the AJ thing, AJ was saying, you you know, I bring more to the table than you do. Now Wilder has, now brings just as much. So if you stuck any... I think any, just as much is probably a hard justification. Like yeah, as much right, as... Fair enough. There's, uh, there's a certain hysteria He brings more than he did AJ, before yeah. the Fury yeah, fight. Yeah, I accept that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying... I don't think you could... I don't think you can make the point as 50-50 if you're going to go and start dishing the money no, up. But the, you could now say 60-40, 55 Yeah, the, the impression I got is. before, and this is not based on anything, you know, just, uh, the impression that, that the Wilder camp was saying, well, we want 40% of whatever we make in the UK. And even that much was insulting to Hearn. That's what it seemed to be. I, I, I don't think, know. If- I think what they've said is just everything in the pot split at 60-40. Let's, let's stop being complicated about this. Yeah, let's just... Whatever that big number is, after everyone's taken their cut, we split it 60-40. But here's something that we can all agree on. Joshua will be back in camp, I think, either next Monday or the Monday after. I expect Joshua to be back in camp. So he'll be getting ready for April the 13th. I don't think... Wild- so you look at Wilder. Wilder fought on the 1st of December. Give him two weeks to recover from the ravages of that. Then give him another two weeks to wind down emotionally and to capitalise on everything that's happened that's been good for him. Wilder's not going to be ready to fight in April. Like, let's be absolutely clear about that. Like, just from an emotional, practical, and then a technical perspective, he's not going to be ready in April. There's no chance in hell. You know, neither will Dillian be ready to fight in April, it doesn't look like, because he's barely just fought. And, I mean, he went, to an extent, he went life and death with Derek. So, you now look at that and you go, is it opening up for Miller? Miller's the only heavyweight who's, Fresh is Miller or Usyk, and I don't want to hear this Klitschko talk. For goodness' sake! Well, this again to fight White, you mean? Uh, to fight Joshua? But I kind of find if it's going to be Miller, then it's got to be Miller in America. But they've got this Wembley issue that they booked Wembley for April thirteenth. Um, I don't know how you would backtrack from that. <laughs> I think you just cancel <laughs> it. I think you take the financial hit and cancel. Well, I think you just put Eggington versus that African that I I've them. heard that walking with dinosaurs is very good. It is. So you, it would, you, you, you can make bigger dinosaurs because there's no roof. <laughs> <laughs> and what will be really interesting is they'll still be dwarfed by price. <laughs> just put Miller in a big suit as well. Like, put him in David Price's suit. Uh, yeah, he can... <laughs> no, but is I, I think my own view is it's opening up for... Miller to get the next fight simply because no one's fresh. I would look if I'm if I'm training Diddy and I'm like you just fought Derek Chisora man that that was a hard fight. I know you stopped him, but it was a hard fight, and we forget you were losing the fight up until that point. So are we okay? What are we likely to see? Do you think from Usyk this year? Well, they've said K one is other kind of promotional side of it. They've said um, it's seventy percent likely going to be. Luis Ortiz or Alexander Povetkin? Uh, I'd, I'd enjoy seeing... I'd, Either of those, perfectly I'd, yeah, fine. I prefer to see Ortiz, but yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd happily uh, watch either of them. I'd yeah. want to see Joyce with Ortiz. That's the one I want to see. Uh, Sam Jones keeps saying they're going to try and work that out for this year. Um, and 
they're both Heyman guys. So <clears> I can see that makes more sense. Uh, and I see Povetkin. Who will they feed Povetkin to? Like, because Hearn will put him in with someone. Right? Do you give him to Parker? Rebuild Parker? Try and make money with Parker? I don't know. But Povetkin's that guy now, isn't he? Where he's the gatekeeper. Yeah. But I'd love to see Usyk Povetkin. I think that's a good fight. Or, or, like, or, or Usyk Pulev. Yeah. But that's I, a, either of those, any of those, are like great statement fights to yeah. march into the division with. Oh, can you imagine, uh, like, you had, say, Usyk Povetkin, um, Joe Joyce, Ortiz on the same card, and you had, I don't know, Pulev versus someone as well. You know, one of those nights where you're like, wow, oh, sweet. There's like Mate, have, you, have you not seen how cards work out these days? <laughs> I know. I know. No, 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 no. <laughs> We are not getting that, I know, right? I realise that. Wipe that from the memory. How good would it be if you got all of that? That would be sweet. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's unlike- <laughs> I know, I'm, and I'm basing that on what we've had so far. How good would it be to marry 15 supermodels at once? <laughs> you fuck them all the time. Mate, I, I, same- I imagine that would be horrible. Yeah. Uh, that, that's like trying to complete Pornhub. It know, sounds like a great idea, <laughs> I right? Need to, I need to dive into this. Why do you think, what, what do you think would be the worst part about Marrying and having sex constantly with 15 supermodels. Bro, They're 15. all men. You got- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't specify this. Can you imagine coming in after a long day doing whatever and you open the door and it's just noise? <laughs> just noise. Misogyny straight away. <laughs> Fuck it. It's just noise and you're there. I mean, your dick will go flat straight away. Like, what about, what, okay, this. right. Because they'll have the Terry- cooking and cleaning done. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they're at home all day. I don't mean. I thought they were assuming they're probably away on business, aren't he they? He just said that you come home and they're all there. <laughs> they haven't got here five minutes before. And even if they did 15 of them, they should fucking whip around that place. We've only got a small house because it's one bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is easy work. <laughs> one massive bed. <laughs> Nah, survival of the fittest, isn't it? Like, they're not performing. They have to sleep on the floor. You're the only one that works as well. Like, imagine how much, how expensive that's going to be. They're all supermodels. They want to wear designs. They don't eat anything. I'll be fine. I'll tell you what. Craziest shit ever. I remember I was flying back from Doha to London. I was was like, you know, flew, flew first. For the record, don't choose first over business. There's not much in, in the way of difference. It's not worth it. But there's this shake guy, right? And he's in first. And there's only like, there's a handful of seats. There's, there's no more than like 13, 14 seats in first. He's just got them for him and his wives. And you know when you're there like, how rich is this guy? Because those, they're like, that was what, nine and a half grand for a seat. By the end of the flight, one of his wives locked in the toilet and Terry's dressed in her clothes, ready to go back. <laughs> See how rich you really are. <laughs> Right, I've spoken about what we might see from Usyk this year. White. No, look. It's amazing, isn't it, how Dillian's become probably the most relevant heavyweight in this country. I know people say Joshua's a bigger draw, and that's probably true. But in terms of relevance, Dillian's become the most relevant heavyweight because, excuse me, you look at you look at who he's fought in the run up to to whatever fight he has next, and you look at the performances he's put in, and all the times that Josh has been cautious and reticent, 
in terms of wanting to take people out, all of a sudden you've got Dillian going, I'm going to war with these people and people are getting dropped. And that's what we like to see in boxing. We like to see people getting dropped. And I'm not saying I wish ill health on people, but that, that's what we sign up for. And Dillian's delivering that. He's giving us the fight. You know, look, let's be honest, right? If someone said, you've got one pay-per-view to, to choose, right? I'm not going to tell you who the opponents are, but there's a Joshua pay-per-view and a Dillian pay-per-view. You will watch Dillian for, for the same price. You know you're going to get your blood and guts on this side here. I, I, I see what you're saying because uh, the, the White Chisora fight was, was, like you say, it was sort of thud and blunder as much as it was blood and thunder but like what a shit pun <laughs> it's good isn't it I heard that they were down the radio no 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 no, no, no. that's another edit point hey Shan Shan that, your pun was shit Shan <laughs> but but I, I just feel like Joshua I feel like Joshua is exciting in the same way as we spoke of Khan being exciting in that I feel like you don't. I don't look at Joshua and think, "Who's he going to cave in next?" I think if you match up AJ the right way, i.e., Fury. Well, let's face it, that that is it at the moment. Perhaps in the future, others. He's got weaknesses in his armor, so it's almost like I can see him getting chin. So there's a there's a vulnerability about him as much as anything, and so uh, depend on. I realise you just said I don't know who the opponent is, but I don't. AJ isn't boring to me, and and because he has the belts, it makes it more relevant. Why? Why are the belts relevant though? I, I, it makes he didn't. Him, he didn't even earn the belts. Like it's not, it's not like we're talking about a guy I who. Know, but it makes it more interesting to see if if he does lose, then the belts go somewhere else. So he I'd had the Klitschko be... belt. Why? Because he had a hard hard fight with Klitschko. Okay, but what, what did Klitschko do? That's the first time I've ever heard of someone losing their last fight and then being gone, oh mate, have another world title fight. No, but, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but, he, he did nothing to earn it. Like, you wouldn't have even been allowed to fight for the British. Coming but if you'd have come up with a list of people to fight, and I know there's going to be the, the argument of the layoff for Klitschko and that, but he only just lost that fight to Fury. Who would I want to fight for that WBA title if Fury can't, which he couldn't? Well, yeah, Klitschko, I'm okay with that. But I get what you mean. He's coming off a loss and a long break. Uh, how was that Mendoza Christmas card? Do you enjoy it? <laughs> Mendoza? <laughs> eh? Yeah. Because of your endorsement of the WBA's... Oh, no, 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 no. Fuck the WBA in general. <laughs> and, and that's my issue. Like, th if you remember the rankings at the time, Shannon Briggs was fourth. He probably still is. <laughs> yeah, no, have you seen who's number one? Trevor fucking Bryan. <sighs> exactly. Uh, for everyone who's listening now... You've just gone to Google who the fuck Trevor Bryan is. Joe Joyce is fourth. So let me save you the time for finding out who Trevor Bryan is, right? There's an old Shannon Briggs video. It might have been on Instagram. And Shannon Briggs is just dicking around in the gym. And he's just slapping this Trevor Bryan guy about, yeah? And then Jerome Miller comes and he slaps him about. Trevor Bryan couldn't beat Dave Allen. I'm confident of that. And he's ranked number one in the WBA. Absolutely disgusting. You couldn't name me anyone that he's beaten. Well, it was Anthony Yard. It was... Anthony Yard is a Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, worth his place at number one in the WBO. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he is a god. I've got it on good authority. So. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm saying he is. Yeah. I'm endorsing that. Listen, people retired. People retired. In order know? to not face yeah. him. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I know. G gave up their That's British That's why he's top, everything. because everyone above him retired, because they weren't people, prepared people, to take, on, take him on. Ward retired. Don't forget that. Ward saw a one-yard fight, and then he was just like, I'm done. <laughs> right, 
I want to get from you, please, um, the three of you. Oops, sorry. The, the three of, of us? It's Kimmy back. <laughs> the two of you. Um, three predictions for the heavyweight division this coming year. Joshua will disappoint. He, Joshua won't fight anyone. That's too shit, that one. Because no, Joshua not. will disappoint. Joshua will it's not. so vain. Joshua will not fight anyone that we want him to fight. Which so I, you, however you want to call it. So define it as by the end of 2019, Joshua won't have fought Fury, Wilder. Joshua. Uh, Joshua, Wilder. Or even Usyk. We'll put Usyk in that mix. Won't have fought. What's the point in this? You're not going to remember it. No, I'll just keep a piece of paper. Yeah? That bullshit will Put, put it on your love wall. <laughs> I may do that. We'll revisit it every week. AJ won't have fought Usyk, Wilder, or Fury. Martin, have you got one? Um, will like will Usyk? Dave Allen okay. will headline a Sky pay per view. Really? Wow. <sighs> really? Oh God, Terry. I'm predicting it. Oh God. God. Do you know how much that's just depressed me? And it shouldn't because I like Dave, but it may not come true. I'm just Yeah, you can't headline a pay-per-view after beating Nick Webb. That's come my on. left field. I'm not saying he does it next. I'm saying by the end of 2019. Uh, that's my left field one. This is after he's um, fought on beating Joshua, by the way. Dillian White will have fought for a world title by the end of the year. Ooh, I like these. These are good. I don't know which. Terry, you've got to step up to the plate now. Joe Joyce becomes mandatory with the WBA. Do you know what? Whoever Heyman's friendly with. <laughs> but Joe Joyce becomes a mandatory. Right. Need one more. Um, it'd be nice to have known this. I might have thought about it. Do you want to come back to it? Yeah. Okay, so let's move on then to Khan versus Crawford. Is that all official now? It's not official, but it's... I think it, as far as I'm aware, it is signed from what I understand and done. But let's go back. Let's go back to when we asked the question, what was this deal with Eddie Hearn? Because now I'm confused. (laughs) You fight, you fought Le Greco in Liverpool. Was it Liverpool or Birmingham? It was Liverpool, right? Liverpool. You fought Le Greco in Liverpool. Vargas in Birmingham. neither Neither of them were sellouts, right? And we know that you don't come cheap, Amir Khan, right? You're getting allegedly $5 million for this fight. So let's just even assume Hearn's paying you 20% of that. The shows aren't covering your purse. Who's covering your purse? Because Hearn's not a guy to mortgage the Brook fight and say, listen, here, have a couple of easy fights and fight the Brook one and I make my money back. So I'm like, you fought twice. You've got one more fight with Eddie Hearn. It's not going to be Kel Brook from what I've heard. It won't. It will not be Kelbrook. So, what has he been doing on Matchroom? And is it well? Like I said before, this was hush money for him <laughs> to keep his mouth shut. Because how do you go from Hearns telling us who you're going to fight next? All of a sudden, comes like, I'm just going to go and fight Crawford. Literally, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go and fight Crawford. I'll be I'm, back in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> but it's quite funny, like. The amount of people that you see online saying that he's ducking Brooke. <laughs> ducking Brooke um. to go and fight Terence Crawford, a pound for pound, probably number three in everybody's rankings. No, 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 no,
Well, you would have, like, on the basis that he's unified a division below. He beat Apostle, who Josh Taylor seemingly had no problem dealing with. Uh, he had a difficult evening. Yeah, but Josh is as green as they come, right? And then you've got Gamboa, who people rely on. Gamboa is really a 126 guy who went up to 135 to fight Crawford, who's really a 140, boiling down to 135. Indongo, who... <laughs> who fell apart. Yeah, there's questions over Indongo. Yeah, we had to say. He's another Makabu. <laughs> but but uh, so my, my point is, and I love Terence Crawford. I'm just saying I haven't seen him put hands on someone who I can look at and go, ooh, and contrast that with Thurman. Look at who Thurman's got on his record. Garcia, who was in people's list for a while. Porter. Porter, who will be in people's lists if he carries on the way he is. Thurman's really done it at 147. I just don't think Crawford has to No, be- no, I'd agree he has no 147 at all. Yeah. But for Khan to say no to Brooke, and I'm going to go and fight Terence Crawford, the idea, the very notion that he's ducking Kell Brook to go and take that fight is ludicrous. Khan's ducked no one in his career. His CV is insane. Yeah. Like, win or lose, it's the fights that he's taken. Yeah. I, I respect that. He's got that frotchness in him where it's just like, look, it's more important to be in great fights than it is to win mediocre fights. And he's taken them anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. And so... He seemed, it, also, it always seems to be that he's more sort of insulted at the fact that he's bringing most of it, most of what he's wanted to the table. And that's why he won't fight Brooke. Do you not, do you not feel I that? just think he doesn't, like, he doesn't, he doesn't want, want to give Brooke that opportunity. That's why I'm kind of driving To take out, yeah. the money and retire. Yeah. I think that's what it comes to. Because if you look at what Brooke can do now, Brooke is snookered. He's absolutely snookered. If you look, because they're talking about, let's go back to the Eddie Hearn thing about he's too big for 147. He's got to move up to 154. I bet that narrative changes in the very near future. <clears throat> because if you look at who holds the titles at 154, Jarrett Hurd's got two of them. Um, Tony Harrison's got... Tony Harrison, who beat Charlo the other week. And has that horrible style that would beat Brooks. So those th- like those three belts are all held under PBC, which is Al Heyman. And so there's very little chance you're going to get an agreement um, between them. So it'd have to go to a person. Who's Mungir with? He's with Golden Boy. <laughs> exactly, right? Oh, and I'm, so you've got four belts. Man, I'm getting the zone. I want the zone app for that fight. <laughs> Both eye sockets. <laughs> Give him again eye socket bonus. And even more, we can fuck eye the nose. Eye socket bonus. <laughs> <Fucking> hell. <laughs> Early on, he's like, I don't wish ill health on anyone. <laughs> Give him a beer and eye socket. What, what's this in my contract I still get bonus Kel- Terry's in the background winking at him yep I feel for Kel because Kel Kel's yeah like, of course you do no but if you look at Brooke right do you remember that guy Mikey Carroll the guy that won the lottery and basically oh, the one that spunked oh, it all yeah. on dirt bikes <laughs> yeah and basically turned his backyard into like destruction derby <laughs> yeah. right that's how I look at Brooke's career he had that lottery win with the Sean Porter thing and then fucked it. Everything else has been ruined after. Now he's broke and he's having to do Jeremy Kyle and Trisha Goddard shows and all that sort of dumb shit. Wow, what? Okay. He, went, he was in the audience, wasn't he, of Jeremy Kyle? <laughs> That's the one that on cut my now? leg. Are you, are you on about the Mickey, whatever his name is, or are you talking about Brooke? Kill Brooke. He was in the audience for Jeremy Kyle's show not that long back. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm absolutely sure of it. Hi, Steve. Steve, we, we did a lie detector test. Did you cut someone's leg in Tenerife? And the lie detector test came back as 
positive. <laughs> it's like, fuck off, Jeremy. I didn't fucking do nothing. Nothing. <laughs> but you look at those four belt holders, right? You've got the three that are with PBC. So he was, he was. <laughs> but and, and the first thing that comes up is, the first thing that comes up, pictured, Kelbrook on Jeremy Kyle, dot, 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 again. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been on there more than once. So... He's in a mandatory position for Jarrett Hurd, isn't he? Yeah. And so to take that, you'd have to take 25%, which, like, Kelbrook's clearly in a, a stage of his career where money is going to be the driving force. But what big fights are there outside of Amir Khan? He's going to... Look, Pacquiao thought he was clever. He's had to go to Heyman. Everyone, all roads lead to Heyman, especially in those weight classes, because that's how the fights get made. So now Kel's got that question he's got to ask himself and maybe he's got the wrong team around him to answer this, but it's, do you just leave Matchroom now? Because, and I'm sure we'll touch on it in a second, the landscape of British boxing is changing where you don't have to be on Matchroom. So let's look at it like this. You know, Sky Boxing, in no, no particular order in terms of their money men, Joshua White, probably in that order. And there's probably others behind, but essentially it's those two who will drive much of Sky's revenue. So if you're Cal Brook, you're like, do I just go and become the main money man on another network? And will I make more money doing that than I will just shuffling about on, on these kind of mediocre matchroom cards? I don't know the answer to that, but he's got to ask himself the question. But my understanding is he's got one fight left on the matchroom contract, I think. He's had and one fight left for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> just rolling. Um... I was debating this the other day on Twitter about there are probably a number of matchroom fighters that have got one or two fights left. And it must be a risky strategy to keep them at matchroom for those one, two fights. Because if they go in, like, if they, if I'm hurt and I've got this DAZN project that I'm trying to build in America, I'd be feeding these one, two fight left older guys to go and take a loss somewhere in America. Damage their worth over here. And so Kelbrook then is worth less. If he gets fed to somebody, I don't know who Hearn's got really around that weight category that, that could do a number on him. But Or even just let him go and fight Jared Hurd or go and fight uh, Jaime Munguia. Let him probably take a loss out of one of those and then you've damaged his value. So if he does go and join another broadcaster somewhere, yeah. the value of Kelbrook is less than what it was six months ago. So You said that. Uh, on the last pod, didn't yeah, I can't you? remember if we discussed it something or similar not, but, anyway. So, yeah, um, it, it, it certainly makes sense, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know, I don't know what you do with Kelbrook now, and it's worrying that there isn't a obvious alternative because Khan's got these alternatives. Why has Brook not got them? Like, what, what have his team been doing that while Khan has been plotting, I'm going to go and fight Terence Crawford? Why is Brook not in a position that he could say, I'm going to go and fight Terence Crawford? Why, well, why, why isn't he? I, I don't know. There's something we've not been told in this story. There's something not right here because Brook's not a bad fighter. No. Do you not think, though, that Khan is a bigger draw? Than Brooke. 100%, like, especially a in America. Star, if you want to, I don't use that word, but you know what I mean. But especially, he's, he's worked at it though. In America, he spent years of his career in America, so he's known over there already. And and he hasn't got many JoJo Downs on his record or Kevin Bizier's. Khan hasn't got that. In Khan's prime earning years, he's been in fights where you're like, I see why he took that. Win, lose, or draw, I see why he took that. 
So you look at that and you say, well, what's Brook? There's something we're not being told. And I know I sound conspiratorial when I say this, but you, but you're looking at someone in Brook where you're like, okay, admittedly in his last fight, that's what happens when someone boxes clean. I'm not going to beat about the bush, but that last fight you saw Brook in, that's what happens when you box clean. You just look like a 32 year old man. <laughs> But if you if you can get him like get him trading with Pacquiao, you know what I mean? Because Pacquiao looks reborn. He's getting better with age. Yeah, put him in. It's, it's incredible. A miracle. Train with Pacquiao. Go and train with Pacquiao. Come back. Go and do the American route. I just wish he'd sever his ties. Like the English thing hasn't worked for Kel. Just go and do what Nigel Ben did. Have three or four fights in the states. Does he right? Okay, so this boils down to is is he actually looking for exactly what Khan won't give him, which is one last fight payoff has he actually got the hunger to go out and I don't do Kel thinks and work like I think it? he just likes to fight do you think do you yeah. it just it just seems like the hunger might have just dropped out of him I, I don't know just, I think maybe what I mean, would give last... him the hunger would be significant meaningful fights and in his last fight you said that he was, even you guys said that he was just a bit like pff, towards the end just didn't seem to have any it was but then that wasn't a significant meaningful fight and it was in a third full Sheffield arena like if you gave him if you said to him you've got Khan at Wembley in April I suspect you'd see a different Kell Brook for yeah. whatever means um, but I don't think fighting the Aussie stripper in a third full <laughs> Sheffield Arena does a lot for him, understandably. But, but on a side note, expect Fowler to swerve Zarafa now. Because remember, they were like, oh, whoa, yeah, 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 we were going to fight him. After that performance, you're a bit like, can we get Serge Ambomo, please? <laughs> okay, just to go one step back then, have you got your third prediction for heavyweights? Ah, no, I haven't thought about it. We've been talking. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, go back to that, though. Saying about the dates and the chronology of things earlier, but remember when Hearn said about the Wilder fight for Joshua needed to be signed off by like Christmas oh, yeah. Eve or whatever it was. Oh, no, no, before, was no, no, before wasn't it like it has to be signed by December first or yeah? And then that got pushed <laughs> back because we need to have the commercial agreement in place so that we can sell April thirteenth. We're now January the sixth recording this. <laughs> So, so <laughs> what does he need to say? Well, yeah, so keep selling April 13th, but there's no one there. Yeah, like, again, it could be T-Rex versus Stegosaurus based upon our business model for it. But, Catch weight. But it had to be, as you say, December the 1st, and it was pushed back to, oh, we can make the exception and roll it to December. Like, it was the day before or day after the White Chisora fight, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, 23rd, maybe of December. But where does that timeline sit now? Like where's the, there is no deadline that seems But and this is what disappoints me about the state of boxing journalism is that no one's asking these questions and I understand commercially it doesn't make sense to ask these questions. And it's not even about catching her now. It's just as fans, we want that certainty. We want that certainty that says are you really talking to these guys? And if you are what are those what is the nature of those talks? Because I think Hearn gets away with yeah, yeah, we've been in talks with Wilder's people, but I'm like, mate, can you just define what talks? You can't are? just send him a text message. And exactly, then... <laughs> that's my point. Have you have you put together the heads of agreement? Have you put together numbers? Do we know what it looks like? Yeah, it's... You know for a fact that that is vague for that very reason. Yeah, but look, and Wilder's been in the media. This is a thing I find interesting. Wilder's like, I'm fighting Joshua next. I want to fight Fury next. Yeah, he, yeah, because and he said he goes, look. 
the public already want that rematch to happen. Why am I going to go off and build up another fight? I already have a ready-made fight here, a you know big what? event. My opinion of Wilder changed quite dramatically when I listened to that. Is it Joe Rogan? Yeah. Joe Rogan podcast. To this day! <laughs> um, to this day! It just. <laughs> I just felt like he's... What's understood don't need to be said, more, Radio Raheem. <laughs> uh, like, I haven't heard an interview of that depth with AJ. So I can't, it's unfair to compare them. But when I hear the way that Wilder talks about what boxing means to him and fights mean to him, he certainly seemed to connect on the level with Fury because of... Um, of the family relations and the struggles they're both been through. We've been fighting to this day. <laughs> and uh, to this day. And when he, uh, but I just don't. <laughs> I just don't feel like. I just don't feel like he would. Uh, in a similar, a similar um, way to we're talking about Khan not wanting to give Brooke the satisfaction. I feel that there's almost a point for him now with that. If I've got Fury, why am I going to... I know you want this... Ch I know you want this chance to... I'm not going to do it until it works for me. <clears throat> like dick tease. <laughs> yeah. But, but... Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's just... It, I just... When I listen to that pod anyway, it just set me to be, okay, this guy is more than he's portrayed to be. And that shouldn't be yeah. much of a revelation, so, I so, suppose. No, but, but go back to the podcast where I think the expression I used was when you hear Wilder talk, he sounds like you want your champion to sound. There's there's enough of an air of menace about him, but the words come together nicely. There's some words he can't pronounce, which is also quite entertaining. But he structures his thoughts and his words really well. And what he shows you is he's just an ordinary guy. Yeah. He's not talking about wanting to be a billionaire boxer. Yeah, yeah I can't... That, that's why I didn't want to compare him to AJ, because that's what I've heard about AJ. But, you know, maybe that was taken out. Context because do you remember the Rogan interview and they were talking about Luis Ortiz but... and he was like, look, I know Ortiz was doping, but I gave him that chance because I've got a daughter. Who Sorry, was it was Ortiz he was talking about. Yeah, it wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. was Ortiz. Sorry. I've, I've got a daughter with Spina Bifida. I understand he's got to provide for his daughter too. So we connected on that level. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think there's a version of Joshua that exists on this earth or exists in any other parallel universe that would have ever said that. Joshua started losing his shit when Wilder stormed off like a petulant child. Um, when White, I should say, he stormed off like a petulant child. Get me that lanky shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, Joshua's holding all the cards there. He, he, he should have just laughed it off and composed. He's got all the options, far more but, than White has, but yet he still managed but, to lose but, it. But here's, here's what says, this says all about those guys' characters, right? Joshua was happy to get the microphone on the ring apron. He wouldn't even step through the ring. You're heavyweight yeah, champion. Because there was a bloke going, no, mate. Just some, some random yeah, geezer like going. like a runner for no. Sky that yeah. was stood on the ring apron. Like, nah, as not, if Joshua couldn't have gone, fuck off. Yeah, you're you're not, not coming if, in, If you want to work. But then remember Dillian, when he's like, you guys have got me up here doing commentary. I could be... <laughs> when he was dressed like an after security guard. Yeah. That way, he probably kicked off. He's like, this isn't where I want to do my work. I want to go and see him face to face, eye yeah. to eye. That's why I do to... my business. Yeah. And then I thought, that's the difference between those two. Right? Yeah. But then like, when Joshua was up on the ring apron, again, Joshua has this... And I don't know if it's because I've got a preconceived idea or because it happened. I'm not sure if I'm tainted. <laughs> um, but Joshua seems very... 
aware of his corporate responsibilities towards Sky when he stood up on that apron. So he doesn't push the lad out of the way. He yeah. doesn't just storm the ring. Whereas I suspect White, if he was in that same opportunity, would have gone... Right, I mean, but, I, I think but, but the problem anything, then became... If anything, I think people are seeing that, including probably White, seeing that in AJ and going, that's the heavyweight I don't want to be. And if anything, the, the boxers are but, in the same weight category don't want to be like that because they but, see he's hamstrung almost. But the problem Joshua then had was, he's there like, Dillian's an idiot. And you're like, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Don't say that now. <laughs> don't say that now. That he's 200 yards away. Don't say that now. You've just fist pumped. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're supposed to say you're an idiot when you're on that apron. Well, you're supposed to remind us about when you knocked him out cold on the apron or in the ring. Why didn't you do that, Joshua? But then, what was... <laughs> going back to that, when he was stood up on the apron, he was like, who wants to see me fight Dillian? There's about seven people left in the O2 going, <laughs> And then Joshua gets the interview and he's like, if I fight Dillian, I don't want to hear anyone <laughs> complain about it because those seven people all cheered for this. And do you remember that Twitter poll he put up where it was like, who do you want me to fight next? And it was Fury and Wilder had like 42% each or something. <laughs> and White had about 6%. And yet he still got the balls to stand there in the interview and go, if I fight Dillian, don't you dare complain about yeah. it. We told you already. <laughs> well, there was a whole poll that you put up where we told you we don't want that fight yeah. next. I'll just keep asking on, questions until I hear note. the answer that I want. On, on a Joshua note, and... I, I, I don't normally direct things at people, but I think we have to in this case. So if you're Dev Sani and you listen to this, if you're Rob Tebbett and you hear this, if you're Umar Ahmed at IFL, if you're Coogan and you even listen to this, I have one question for you. Is anyone going to pull Joshua up for running around with orangutans dressed as little girls? Because that has to count as animal cruelty. Because what? if you if what? Fill us in with some context here. I have missed this. Running around. Pause, pause it, pause it. <laughs> Wow, so that was interesting. <laughs> Martin's Martin's <laughs> sides have officially split. Do you, remember, do you remember like the PG Tips advert yeah. you wouldn't get away with now? <laughs> A monkey dressed up in like full-on clothing. Oh. It's Joshua seemingly going around in a golf cart. It's with... driven. It's being driven by the by the orangutan. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Can I mean, no, it's, it's being not. driven by the orangutan. Watch it again. Fucking hell! Fuck me, it is as well. The fat one, the fat orangutan. How? But no, no, but but on a serious note, how 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 was the media not picked up on this? How was how was no animal rights campaign again? What the hell is this world champion doing? Yeah, he's filming it. He's filming it as he's going. (laughs) You know what? And and what I love about that is. I'm not going to explain how I got hold of that, but that wasn't on his social media. Am I allowed to tweet that? Yes, yours now, mate. Do what you want with it. Right, that's going up. (laughs) PG tips, eat your heart out. No, but so where are Peter in this? People for the ethical treatment of animals, because think about what you have to do to an orangutan to get it to wear a dress like that. Like that's not the most humane way to, to be treating animals. And you can't have a heavyweight champion. I think that's an understatement to be fair. but... But look at what Fury got crucified for. Where is uh, it? Fury's a bad example because no, 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 Fury no, deserved getting crucified no, no, for things he said. No, no, but it's the same principle, isn't it? It's like, well, we're going to hold you as heavyweight champion to a certain standard. You can't fall yeah, below. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm. Yeah. Okay. So, 
AJ should be held to account for what he's Listen, for this. He's a repeat yeah. offender. Yeah, like, I, when, I, when he, I agree. I just pre- I just don't yeah. want it to sound like we're uh, wait, wait. in any way endorsing what Fury said because no. it was no, 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 not not at all. What, no. But what I'm saying is, when you fall below the standard, we need to we need to discuss right. it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. In the, yeah. in the theater of public debate. So look, Joshua gets away with praying in the mosque <laughs> where we know he was praying. He wasn't <laughs> larking around. He gets away with saying that his little sister should just be at home doing push-ups and can't have freedoms and stuff like that. He got away with that. He got away with the superior black race comment. Oh, and he's got away yeah. with just fucking basically playing with orangutans that have clearly been abused. Which Martin cannot stop and, and, watching. And, and you've got all these media... you got all these media outlets and they're not asking him questions about this sort of stuff. So what are you really doing? It's disgraceful. And I'm, it's just, this isn't... Go, let's go back to what Rob said when he was sat here. This isn't about catching someone out. This is about social commentary saying, no... You're heavyweight champion of the world. There comes a certain standard we should expect from you. And there are a number of times, Anthony Joshua, you've fallen below that. We need to address this. Is this who you really are? Yes or no? Are we going to get those answers? Nah, I'll get the bullshit 40-minute interviews that tell me fuck all. To this day! I've, I, I, I retweeted and liked that at zero seconds. 7.35 Sunday evening. If you want to find it on my Twitter feed. To this day! I've never seen that. That's fucking done me, that. <laughs> like, you, thought, you thought I was fucking around, didn't you? <laughs> no, you, I just thought uh, you were like, I, I on class was, A drugs of some sort. When no, you started talking about AJ being driven by I, a ring I thought of a misquoting of some sort. I thought it was going to be some, like, showing us a video, like, that's not what you want about orangutans. No, it genuinely is. Orangutans dressed in girls. It would have been, you could have even said driving golf buggy. Like, sitting in golf buggies driven by orangutans. Just, that would have been even more mind-blowing. And it's still no, 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 true. But, but I needed you to go through that process. Where's, where's, <laughs> where's the footage that? from? It's got to be somewhere in, in United Arab Emirates, Emirates, isn't it? Yeah. Right, whilst Martin and Terry are engrossed in looking at random, oh. they've fallen down, I think, I'm done. Twitter holes. I'm done. I'm, anything you do for the rest of this evening is... <laughs> pointless uh, <laughs> um, have you had a chance to think about your third prediction for uh, Anthony Joshua will be filmed being driven in a golf cart by orangutans dressed as girls <laughs> oh, hold on I'm getting something on the on the wires yep <laughs> the AFP feed you want the old yeah. what's, what are the odds paddy power thing don't yeah. you <laughs> I think he's disrupted um, I think you might be right on that one I don't even think... Can they hear that? It's too... You need to hold it close to the microphone if you want them I don't, to hear I don't. I just need to hear it myself. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is Deontay Wilder, not Terry. Uh, uh, that, that might be my boxing quote of the year. <laughs> just to this day. <laughs> to this day! Uh, right. Three predictions on welterweight or one each? Let's go one each on welterweight. Welterweight. Uh, Manny Pacquiao will fight for a world title this year. Oh, Okay. A, a real one, not his WBA regular one. Terry? Thurman will fight Porter again, and then will fight Spence. But that's ordered, isn't it? Uh, it's ordered by the it, WBC. Yeah, because he was champion in recess. Wasn't he like double champion in recess? Didn't he have a WBA as well? Well, maybe, but the WBC ordered it as his mandatory. Oh, shit. Then, oh, let me start again then. Bloody hell. Kel Brook will fight one of the top five welterweights. In 2019. Uh, okay. I don't mean you loosen off, no. 
Okay. Uh, let's Maybe move... Connor Ben. <laughs> I think Connor Ben was offering out Johnny Garton the other day. Oh, he wants the British title, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, careful what you wish for. Yeah. Like, like Connor, but like Johnny Garton's that guy that, I mean, you have to kill him to take that belt off him. Yeah. I... <laughs> and you all know I'm Connor Ben Lamb. is Connor Ben is not in the right place right now to be fighting Johnny Garton. No. He needs to go through more than Cedric Payne. He needs to fight Chris Congo. <clears throat> yeah. Fight Congo. You beat Congo. I can't argue with anything you do after that, British-wise. Eubank de Gale. So this is the first turn in the water for the ha- BBC. Our Heyman machine that's yeah. wheeled its way yeah. onto British. Hey, Shore, hey, yeah? hey, hey <laughs> everyone take a second. Yeah, Everyone take a second. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is to Thank congratulate you. you is that always Find honest? the episode where I said this would happen. Find it. What's that? That Heyman would come to ITV. I was talking crazy. I said, nah. And I said it. I said, the David Hay thing was the experiment. That I don't w- believe that for one second, by the way. <clears throat> he had nothing to do with that David Hay stuff. Uh, you don't look. Here's what, here's. I think that was the episode where I said, AJ's going to be driven around in a golf cart by some <laughs> orangutans. No, so, so what I do know is there was support given to the Haymaker team. Now, what that looks like, don't know. It wasn't British support. That's what I do know. Now, was it Heyman? I find it strange that Schaefer was involved heavily for a while. But this was always coming. Now, I was just happy to see Poxon do some work. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was delighted to see Poxon earning a crust. Fair play to the guy. Like, how are you going to draw a salary for two years and that's the first thing we've seen you do? But, but also, man, it was just a logical thing. Space on ITV must be cheap because they do that overnight casino shit. And that can't cost a lot to do because no one texts no one texts into that shit. <coughs> but you've got to have a serious gambling addiction if you're up watching ITV at like four in the morning. Uh, Phil from Halifax. Oh, he's saying black. I hope you're right, Phil. Oh, you're wrong again, Phil. Sorry. I'm, do you know what? This is, this is why I'm happy now. Just, just as a side, side note, I was with Isaac Chamberlain on Friday and we're talking about how great the landscape is. Now, I don't think boxing will be this voluminous again in terms of so many channels offering so much content. I don't think we'll see this a year and a half from now. I think you'll see a massive contraction. But right now, if you're a boxer and you're talented and you've got a profile, you have so many options to get seen you yep. can you can be seen on what itv sky bt channel five <clears throat> dave even. box nation yeah box nation i mean you got all of these platforms where you can be seen now that you're not beholden to match them anymore like the old days so if you're a young ambitious boxer if you're not looking at your options now you might not get this chance again. So, I think I think it's fair to say some are bigger than others. So yeah. this ITV, we'll see how this ITV deal plays out because what you don't want is it to be hamstrung by, I don't know, say they do eight shows in 2019, say UK shows, and seven of them are pay-per-view. Then I feel like they've missed a trick somewhat. You want them to be doing something free to air to build up the WWE model, for instance, of like they build up towards pay per views. Yeah. If there's nothing free to air, then what's Pacquiao Broner? <laughs> free to air. Yeah. 
No, but I'm talking UK stuff. It's all well and good saying Pacquiao Broner, but if that's on at three o'clock in the morning, you're not drawing in the vast audience that ITV have. Yeah, the it capacity feels like they're to... only not charging because they know they can't. So, so I think what we're hoping for is it's just a, a full replication of the PBC model. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, is that hopefully they can build up a stable of fighters, and whether that's or even um, part, you'd accept part of the model, wouldn't you? Yeah. So look, if they could sign a stable of fighters that was part young up and coming lads, part some of the fallout of the GB squad, part names that we already know because they've been on BT or Sky, if they could build up that stable and start to make us familiar with it and then build the pay-per-views around those... But they kind of have, though. Like They don't have a stable... I'd imagine Frampton's close to wrapping up with BT numbers-wise. No, he's just signed a new Frank Warren contract before the Warrington fight. So you've got Lee Selby, Joe Joyce, James DeGale, Chris Eubank. Four names at the moment that are PBC related based in the UK. But then Heyman influences as well. So then let's now look at Khan, Heyman influence. Um, I think Frampton still has that Heyman influence as well. So there's some strings he can pull. And I imagine we'll see some flux because you've still got guys who, from what I gather, are unsigned, like a Chris Congo's unsigned. Do you do something with him? That's what I'm saying. Bring some of the young lads that are really talented through there'll be some of the GB dropout, especially if boxing falls out of the Olympics and there'll be a lot there's, of lads... There's that... no one there you need apart from Ben Whitaker. No no disrespect to the other lot. Um, they're all great amateurs. Ben Whitaker's the guy that looks like he's got the jewels. Okay, but I don't know. Say Jordan Reynolds as well, purely. He's local to us, so whatever, I'm going to support him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, chuck some of them in and then get some of these old guard that are coming towards the end of their career but we're familiar with. St- plus... If you could have them, plus Khan, DeGale, Eubank, Joyce, Lee Selby. Is Groves signed? No, George Groves is still wherever he is. Floating. I don't, I don't think he's signed. So, so here's why I say that. The WBC Super Mid is vacant. So I think number one is Anthony Durrell. And then you've got Eubank Isn't it and between Yildrim and Durrell? Uh, it's signed, I think, for those two. Yes, but but then you've got to look at what comes next, right? So you've got Yildrim versus Durrell. So one of those will drop back down. Now you've got the winner of Groves, the Gale, who will go for that fight. And who's just behind those guys? Groves. It must be incredibly tempting if you're a UK fighter to sign up to this PBC UK model. Because if you look at like the zone are trying to break the America slash UK, so they can fly one fighter from America to the UK or vice versa. PBC have already got that UK, the American base, which is huge, huge, the PBC roster out in America. So if you're a UK fighter, mm. if you want to try and break it in America and try and, you know, do that cross-Atlantic journey, why would you do it with zone and Hearn, who, you know, no disrespect, but their stable isn't that big or that strong in America. Y'all better off fighting them vine. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that when actually the option is there to do it with PBC who have got a ready-made American marketplace? I, I, I think you're crazy not to get involved in this. Now, I don't know the mechanics of the UK operation. I genuinely hope it's not Poxon who's pulling the strings on that because, you know, it's going to make for awkward relations. You just want... you. Ideally, you'd have wanted someone like Hatton, maybe someone with a bit more about them but like a Hatton type guy who who brings people together and that would have made life a lot easier but I'm just happy that 
we finally seem to have some structure with ITV boxing after two years of waiting and seeing. So I'm delighted. What a, you know, DeGale versus Eubank Jr. is a good fight. Because what that, look, what we've learned about DeGale is guys that stay on him and throw punches in bunches give him nightmares. And Eubank <laughs> Jr. does that and does it well. If you look at what Truex did to him, Eubank Jr. could do that and then some. Yeah. But as long as, look, I, I'm a. I, it, it, there's a simple way I think you can beat the Gale, man. If you just keep moving towards the Gale's right hand, because of, he normally fights orthodox guys, and orthodox guys like to slip out to their right hand side because intuitively it feels like the safest place. But the Gale, like being, and he's a hell, hell of a skilled boxer, he just leaves that left hand. He doesn't throw it straight. He just leaves it into the space you go into. It's how we drop Durrell. It's how he drops most people. He just catches you with that kind of hooking slash straight right hand and people just walk onto it. If Eubank Jr. avoids that, I can see him, I can really see him doing a number on James the Gale. What's your prediction? Pain. No, um, I see Eubank Jr. winning that. I think it'll be a really good fight. I'm not sure, like, as soon as it's announced, you get the inevitable, um, you know, this isn't a pay-per-view worthy yeah. fight, which, okay, cool. No, no, not... it is. It, it, but, but by the benchmark we have in 28, like last year's well, that's benchmark. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. And I say it's difficult now that like, we've criticised Matchroom standard of pay-per-view for so long. I kind of feel like this is no better and no worse. Yeah. This is kind of on a par with it. So yeah. this ought to be criticised as well. But actually for Matchroom, and people seem to miss this point, you're paying for Sky, what, 35, 40 quid a month? Yeah, And yeah, true. for that, you're getting cricket, darts. It's more than 40 quid dog a month, shit boxing on their, yeah. their fight night stuff. And okay, 45 quid a month, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You're getting those peripheral sports that no one really cares about, but you get the football. That's the main thing. But, you know, darts and cricket, ah, fuck that, no one really cares. Um, <laughs> and some fairly poor standard boxing for what you're paying for for that money yeah. and then you've got to pay your 20 quid on top double, if you want to watch the elite ones yeah. with ITV you're not paid there's no pay barrier you're getting all their other f- fucking entertainment all their drama for your missus all their this that and the other and then it's 20 quid like for what yeah. you'd pick and choose to watch and then on top of that you get the free stuff of the American cards so I don't think you're comparing like for like if you're saying that this is not pay-per-view Also, worthy. do we know what the undercard looks like? Or is it going to look like I'd suspect it'll be it Joyce be and Selby on it. Um, Joyce. <laughs> I is don't know. Joyce TBC until but, 48 hours no, before the but, fight. No, no, I think they'll get somebody worthwhile for it. Somebody but, like a Hellenius. But if you look at, if you look at PBC cards, they're generally quite deep. So if you remember when Thurman fought, I think it was Porter, and you had guys like Jared Hurd fighting for title. Like every the top four fights were all title fights. Well, this is it. If you get, like not not even international or inter all proper belt fights. If you if you looked at the top three fights and thought they were all all right, decent enough fights, then straight away it trumps a lot of matchroom fights, uh, fight nights where where you've got basically gimmies until the main event. But, but I also look. I, I, I'm a guy when it comes to pay per view fights. I, I'm always looking at the chemistry of a fight. So. If someone said to me, would I pay to watch Victor Ortiz versus Brandon Rios? Yes. It's a fight I've wanted to see for ages. Would I pay to watch James DeGale versus George Groves, like the, their final blow-off fight? Yes. It doesn't matter whether they're for belts or not. That's not what makes a pay-per-view for me. It's whether this fight is... A, the fight has meaning for the people involved, and B, 
will it produce good chemistry between the two of them? And I think this Eubank De Gale one does because it's almost like the Groves De Gale dynamic because you've got James who stumbles and mumbles and you know he gets quite emotionally involved in the build-up, and you've got Eubank Junior who <coughs> is there a, is there a better talker in this country in any sport than Eubank Junior? I'm an unashamed Chris Eubank Junior fan. Yeah. I do not give a well, fuck. He, well, and people ha- go, oh yeah, but he's not that good. Do you know what? No one cares. I'm not even that bothered. I'm not that bothered at all. Like, if he wins, if he finishes his career without winning a world title, I'm not bothered. Like, I just, I enjoy Chris Eubank Jr. as a person. I enjoy watching him in the ring. I enjoy that he's a lunatic in the ring and he isn't like, you know, you can watch so much of boxing and everybody looks the same to some extent. Jab, jab, jab. could be the Jimmy Bullard of boxing. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) he's not, he's clearly not gone through the GB route whereby everybody has a very familiar style. Then it's like, oh, he doesn't listen to his trainers. Good, because I enjoy watching him not listen to trainers. (laughs) He's just, and you you don't know whether it's accident or design. He just seems to be the complete package. Do you know what he is? He's Matt Letizier. He, yeah, he's Matt uh, Letizia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's That's not the best in the world, but what he's got is a talent that he harnesses his own way. Here's what if you if we had uh, not knowing their opponents, if you had an AJ pay per view versus a Eubank pay per view, I'd choose the Eubank pay per view. Yeah. So that that uh, for me, White and AJ, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get into that that sort of, but a, a Eubank is just pure entertainment. Eubank versus first, anyone from the first <laughs> to the last. Yeah. Whereas. I, AJ is is anything but, and it's it's the build up for me where he would just sit there and he'll go, look, James is talking about retirement. He's already lost. I'm like, oh, that, what beautiful way to just put it, like yeah, yeah, without having to trash talk him. Yeah, it, it, there, but there's menace in there. You can yeah. hear the menace, but it's not excessive. And you're like, I'm disappointed. Senior didn't turn up. But did you see he was out in America with his <laughs> sheriff's badge on, like doing a bit um. more sheriff's work. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Been out there running a, you'll find out he's running a small town for the last three months. <laughs> he's mad. He's fucking bonkers. Really? But Absolutely brilliant. Again, they, like, they, they, they elect sheriffs out there, don't they? I don't they, know. Yeah, there's, like, there's certain How areas. How do get him on the ballot paper? There, there's certain areas where they can elect the sheriff. But so he's got a sheriff's badge. So that's what we need to do is just get Eubank on, a, on some sort of, yeah, ballot. And then <laughs> he's got a sheriff's badge. Is that an eBay one or what? It's, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, in terms of this fight, I'm genuinely like, just, I'm like, this is. Can we make more of these type of fights I, more I, often? I, I, so I have a question, and clearly this is from a casual perspective. So that being said, on, why Chad. why don't we have in boxing, like when you look at the WWE models? I say maybe not. Why don't we have? But could we end up having also as a bolt onto the question? When in WWE, you know that you've got. SummerSlam coming up. You know you've got WrestleMania coming yeah. up. You know why can't we have these big box marquee... in the summer at Wembley? Yeah, Her- Hearns we tried know. It. <coughs> we... just tried it. Remember, we've booked April the thirteenth. Yeah, but you can't do that and not and and only because all we knew is that AJ was going to be on it. If you if you're gonna have you're gonna make it something WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and what they work on the principle that you're gonna have massive fights that have been built up over time. Yes, I realize it's a totally different sport, but you you. For, because of the way that he's conducted boxing, so, you can't trust her. But, but also, so there's no so, way that if oh we're getting April the 13th at Wembley, sweet. Oh wait a minute, who the fuck's he going to put on the? See so you, straight away, you're, you're already see, so I on find, the back I, foot. I find it interesting because 
I was having a conversation about about this in terms of boxing, and I said people don't want authenticity. There's a big myth that fans want authenticity. It's like, no, no, no. Fans want to be entertained, right? You could put a card together of washed up guys that all have issues with each other. We'd all go and watch it because it's, it'll be entertaining. It's it's the same way that guys like Arturo Gatti built up massive followings. Would you be- would you have watched Ben versus um, who they were talking about a little while ago? Seen Collins. Like, Collins. Oh. That's it. Nigel Ben. Not not okay. Would you have watched that? Not in their fifties, but if they'd fought five years after they retired, possibly. But not in yeah. their fifties. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, you know. And but when you look at it and you go, look, the WWE do that. They'll go, okay, we've got a champion. We've crowned our champion at WrestleMania. We think he'll go through till next WrestleMania. What plot twist can we do in between these two points? And they just set it out for the year. They they can obviously call audibles and change if someone gets injured. But you know who's going to do what and when. The yeah, problem with Hearn and this April thirteenth seems to be that he's <laughs> he's plotted forwards rather than backwards. Like if he'd have plotted from April the thirteenth backwards, then that would make sense. But instead, he seems to have plotted from November or whenever it was that he announced it forwards. Before that, wasn't it? Yeah. And then I kind of you know you understand why because any of those boxers could get a twelve month injury or they could have to retire or they could get knocked out when you're not expecting it. All these peripherals that, that stop you from being able to plan long-term. But here's the other thing. When, when you've got wrestling, because no one has to sell tickets nominally, the, the brand carries the show. And the, the main guy, the guy that draws money, carries the show. It's just about, can you give fans entertainment? Now, if you use a boxing parallel, you'd essentially want guys like Chris Congo, Josh Taylor going at it. And going, right, who moves on, who doesn't? And then even if Congo loses, he gets another go three months down the line. Can you do it this time? We don't do that. We go, right, Chris, you've lost to Josh Kelly. You'll go all the way back to the back of the queue behind all these other guys who will never do anything. All it would take is to make sure that the fights that the... I mean, I'm guaranteeing you in three months' time, um, I could sit... I could have a conversation with you two and say, right, pick... Any any of the stables that are out there and say, right, pick three incredible fights between the stables. Or, you know, or, or and especially <coughs> with like months and months and months advance. So instead of having those random pay-per-views there, here, there and everywhere, you build it up until you have a, I don't know. Uh, so if you say drop the political divides, call it one sport, now make the pay-per-views. Well, I mean, even that is 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 is, is massive. And it feels to me, if you did that... You once you had a trustworthy brand, that's when the brand does carry it forward. That's when you can charge, I don't know, significantly more for a pay per view because somebody knows they're going to get five amazing fights on the. Is on the, the WrestleMania card. sixty dollars? Don't know. What, yeah, uh, what in the US or the, yeah. or the UK? But that's cheaper than some of the boxing. Pay yeah, yeah, yeah. And they 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 easily do in the millions in terms of sales. And it's it's scripted. We all know it's scripted. I just I just think similar to what Martin when he said about project Martin said about going like it's almost like Hearns decided you know what I'm going to do that I'm going to have an April the thirteenth and then expected everyone to go well it's it's definitely going to be good then when when he's not given us any reason to think there will be no one no one gave Heyman credit when he did it look at how quickly Thurman Garcia Porter all got into it with each other if they'd been British that would have taken six years yeah. 
right? And then <clears> in the meantime, they had Spence bubbling along as well. Don't forget that. They had Spence bubbling along, knowing they were going to merge him into the action. So Heyman tried to do that. I just don't think the fans were feeling it in the same way. Because wrestling fans know they're a bit weird because they get excited <laughs> about stuff that's scripted. But they accept that and that's what makes them strong together as a unit. I think boxing fans are dickheads in general. Like, that's just, fair. Just wankers. <laughs> no, 100% right in this room. <laughs> no, because if you look at boxing fans, boxing fans want to be disappointed. Oh, yeah, yeah, Joshua's going to fight Wilder. Ah, yeah, Wilder's a windmill guy. He's just useless. Nah, 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 nah. Do you know Jante Wilder rescued six people out of a burning building? Yeah, but 15 died, so he failed. Do you see what I mean? That's boxing I suppose fans it's true that in boxing, it's almost like if you can pick holes in a fire, it's almost like that's how you show you're a better boxing fan. Like, uh, I don't think, you know, you heard it when I, when I went down to watch Frotch Groves, it was like, nah, Groves hasn't got it. He hasn't got this, 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 and this. And that's why Frotch will win. And that was sort of your, that was your flag in the ground for how much of a boxing fan you are. That's just tribalism, isn't it? Like, if you're a Frotch fan, then you'll pick the flaws in Groves. You're a United fan. If you're yeah, playing Arsenal, you'll go... Well, they've got no defence. Their strikers might be shit. Oh, Bamiyang might be amazing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. I, so I no, no, but there's, still, yeah, no, 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 but there's yeah. still that respect where you know. It's like, look, it's like when Arsenal played Liverpool and we were just like, you know, if, if, if we don't get fucked over in this game, we've done well. Forget we're trying to win this shit. We just don't want to get fucking done up the ass. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Why not, man? It's, 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 it's gender neutral. Yeah, yeah. But and you didn't get done up the ass in it. Yeah, so, we did. And and so you can't I can't hate Liverpool for it. They did their job. I'm just annoyed at our own team. And we need to get to that point. And I don't think boxing fans are ready for that because like boxing fans, it's like life's detritus just accumulates around boxing. Let's call it what it is. Um, whereas oh, look 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 at a crowd, right? Not all the look, time. Look at a crowd. Go on any YouTube video. Type in like Stone Cold Austin returns, and you know when that glass breaks. And all these fans just start marking out like, oh. but you know, like when that happened in boxing is when Khan was announced to fight Canelo was when Brooke was announced to fight Golovkin is suddenly the whole of your Twitter timeline would have been fed with positivity of people going, fuck, I really like that. Like that's come out of nowhere. There were no rumors of it. There was nothing in the background. Mm. It's just come out of nowhere. Instead, what we're stuck with is the politics of months and months and months not only that but the quote-unquote marinating but remember, instead of just telling us the fight's you gonna got. happen no, no, we're talking about what brooke got for, let's not forget the shit eubank got oh mate you forgot your pen did you you forgot your pen did you uh, you chicken shit he got absolutely pilloried because Hearn put this arbitrary deadline on there and you're like no no and if you ask me honestly, do I think Eubank would have fought Golovkin? He probably would have done because everything Eubank's done since is like, he doesn't duck anyone. So I don't, I, do you know what? F fuck these fucking cornflake crunching wankers, mate. Just fuck <laughs> He's back. Yeah. That's how I feel, honestly. Let's fuck him. But that still doesn't answer my I'm question. I'm glad that so Christmas why, break's done your world too. Yeah. <laughs> why can't we have that? Is it? Because is, who are you going to get? Like, Okay, so you're saying a super show would have four fights on it that individually could headline a pay-per-view. Yeah, okay. and that, I know what you're going to say. So next. start with Matchroom. They've got the biggest stable. What are you going to make? Joshua Wilder, White Fury, then what? 
Brook Khan. What's the yard? <laughs> but then yard's not going to come over from Warren for that. So what are you going to do? Smith, Canelo, maybe. <sighs> but straight away, how much money, if you're asked to pay 20 quid for Chisora White, how much are you get in charged for that card? Yeah. You have yeah. to remortgage. I, is- the, the, yeah, no, the <laughs> economics of boxing is all wrong. And... Uh, so and, depressing, and, and, isn't it? You know, if we want to talk about 2019 predictions, maybe this is a 2020 prediction. You're going to see a massive implosion of the boxing market. A massive implosion. And there'll be casualties. Small hall boxing will will suffer a mortal blow. I'm not going to say it's going to die. It, well, no, here's why. Someone said Hearn's doing 60 shows in 2019. Right? Hey, he, did Hearn say that? I've heard that somewhere. 60 shows <laughs> in 2019. probably bullshit. No, no. But th- I think that's across all the platforms. Yeah, he said it would be over one per week, essentially. Yeah. Total average. And then let's say Frank does 15, right? ITV do four. The McGuigans will do four, right? Then we've got to think about the World Super Series of Boxing. That's got to sit somewhere. <laughs> yeah? In the grave would be my guess. <laughs> exactly. But... but, <clears throat> but Look at the sheer volume of boxing you can access on television. And some of which you have to pay for, some you don't have to pay for. Some of which you will want to attend. Now, if you're a small hall guy, wherever you are in the country, you're there going, where do I put my slots in? And I know Martin says it's about friends and family. But look, Joshua fights Wilder theoretically on the same night that there's a couple of small hall shows they're gonna be empty because people are like nah, so a lot of the small hall shows will adjust their dates around yeah. joshua wilder so which is easy <coughs> when when they're quite sparsely yeah but we'll get into that point where you're like well, where are the slots where there's a there's a free weekend or a free couple of weekends yeah but they're not gonna duck out of say say if it was frampton warrington they wouldn't duck that as a date they would duck joshua wilder well, you would if you were in manchester no i don't think they would yeah i don't think they would yeah, just like in London. You just put it on a Friday. Yeah, just like in London, if there's a, let's say, you, you wouldn't have a show the same night as Groves Eubank. Yeah, not Groves Eubank. Eubank versus... The Gale. Yeah, you wouldn't. Because a lot of the people <coughs> who are going to come to your show are going to go to that show. Even if you have it on a Friday, it's like, am I really forking out all this money? Because now you've got to ask, am I going to get value out going to both? Probably not. Choose one or the other. So... This massive expansion of boxing content is great if you're a fan and you consume it behind a screen. It's absolutely brilliant. And let's all get behind that. If you're someone who likes to be there in person and you like to consume as much of it live as you can, this is painful. Because, I mean, like, Hearn will probably do more live shows in the UK. And you're like, bloody hell, I can't can't see myself keeping up. And also, you're going to get more date clashes. Yeah. Is it going to be rare that you have two pay-per-views on the same night? What's the first match one? Is it Joshua? Well, provisionally at the moment, it's Joshua. Yeah, it's, it? That's the one that's announced, yeah. 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 And then you imagine he'll do three more in the year. I'd suspect he's probably got to do five in the year. <clears throat> that's my guess. That's what. That's where my Dave Allen one came in, is that the people are so sparse that can headline these. I think you end up with needing someone like a Dave Allen to draw the numbers in. And see, so that's my worry, is that We've got to a point where we've expanded so much. So at the top end, it looks really good. We haven't got the the footfall that will feed into that. Yeah, we haven't it's, got it's enough, not a pyramid. Yeah, we haven't got enough British boxers mm. of a TV quality 
that we can fill all of this. So what do you do? Do you start getting the Congolese guys in from Belgium? Do you start getting the Cameroonians in from France? Do we start finding some random Spanish welterweight? Um, the Italian heavy... How, do- how far away is... Uh, I'm, this isn't going to solve all the problems in the world, but how far away is Daniel Dubois from from sort of making a push into the heavyweight scene? World level? Probably a year and a half. There's a lot he needs to work on. Like The, the attributes are there. I think sometimes you just need that seasoning. You say right? Joyce is nearer. Okay. Yeah, and because style-wise, Joyce is, <coughs> Joyce is a nightmare for everyone because he doesn't let you breathe. And you suspect Joyce doesn't need to, or Joyce maybe needs to, but won't refine his style from now. Yeah. Dubois might look different in 18 months. Joyce is still going to look like Joyce in 18 yeah. months. And you don't want to... Oh, oh. Uh, I want to ask you some questions because some of it is the stuff we've kind of covered. I've sent through a new question that came through Yeah, tonight. I did see that, okay. which is... Four and a half thousand views. That's uh, AJ and the orangutans. Is Already, now? wow! Yeah. And <laughs> with and you posted it what less than an hour ago, forty yeah. minutes ago. Um, okay, uh, what was the one I was going to? How did people you? miss that? Daniel Hill asks, <laughs> "What happens if ma- uh, two match room if Wilder Fury ends up in more controversy and they end up having a third fight? Not beyond the realms of possibility, I we've, suppose. We've discussed will, that before. Will AJ end up marking time for another year and then get bogged down with mantries? Which I think is the more more quizzical sort of question. But like, what does happen then? Could he take his mantries like now and just get him out of the way? So or not? look, look at what he's done. He's done well. Hearn's done what Don King did, where. Don King had all of his guys in key positions, right? So all the fights were, whether it was a voluntary, it was in-house. Whether it was a mand- voluntary mandatory, it was all in-house. That's what Don, that was Don King's model. So he ate off both sides. And if you see what Hearn's done, what's Dillian? Dillian is number one with the WBO. <clears throat> he's not mandatory, but they're looking to make him. Yeah, so he's number one with the WBO. Pulev's number one with the IBF and is mandatory. Uh... They've got Manuel Cha up there, but there's, there are issues with Cha. So that leaves Trevor fucking Bryan as the likely mandatory on the WBA side. Didn't you say, though, that the, all the governing bodies dropped their mandatories if there was to become oh, an AJ unification? Uh, so, except for the IBF. the IBF, as Josh Warrington's finding out with Kid Galahad. Once the IBF calls something, it happens. So Joshua will fight Pulev this year, or he will drop that belt. So just get put out of the way in April then. In Wembley. <laughs> All right then. Yeah, yeah, I realise that. <laughs> Plus they've got the issue with Pulev. He, he dropped out last minute, didn't he? That's when Takam came in. So can you trust Pulev to go ahead with it? Yeah. Yeah, so how, if you... how many times can you drop out of a mandatory and still be the mandatory? Well, you had to go and beat Huey Fury, didn't he, to yeah. regain the mandatory status. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you look at it, so Joshua, if he fights White, that kind of solves the WBO problem. They just say, "Yeah, we're fighting our mandatory now." If 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 Joshua then says, "I want to fight three times this year," just fight Trevor Bryan. You'll knock him over and around. Nice little O two fight, little bit of income, and then you O two fight another O two fight with Pulev. Just get them out the way, and then go right. Twenty twenty, I'm clear. Clear the diary. That's it. Twenty twenty, I'm clear. Wilder Fury, sort your mess out. First quarter twenty twenty, we're fighting. Then, then we're like, okay, he's he's made the way. If if Joshua were to do that, deal with all of his mandatories this year, and then go, Wilder sixty forty everything. Are you in? Yes or no? And then we just we'd, we'd have to applaud Joshua for that. And go, yeah, all right. Hmm. 
Um, Mike T asks, would it be a bad idea? Um, I think we've just got across this as well. Would it be a bad idea, uh, dear, for Kel to jump ship and join PBC UK? Matchroom have done all they can for him and maybe a fresh start. His loyalty is admirable, but his career guidance has been dismal. If he was managed by Frank Warren or AM, who's AM? Oh, sorry, Al Heyman. Uh, uh, AH. He's, no, he's just <coughs> it's a misspelling. Uh, I wonder what his career would be like. Shout out to Mike as well, because he sent the long email question that you never answered. Uh, and I will never um, answer. <laughs> 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 to be wow. clear about this, I'm very reluctant to give to- out the email address, because... I know that means you can't fit it into a tweet. And I know if you can't fit it into a tweet, Andy's not really that interested. 280 characters, it should be. I mean, doubled it. We had questions before the 280. <laughs> yeah, if you can't fit it into a tweet, I know Andy isn't very likely to read it. So therefore, yeah. I'm always... I'll give Let's it out honest. if people insist, but who, I don't like to. Yeah, who wants to listen to me drone on? No, no nobody wants to hear no, that. But so. no, I'm, I'm hand on hand. I worry about... I worry about Kel as a box. I worry about Kel as a person. It just doesn't... Do you know when you're just picking up stuff where you're like, I don't think he's in a good place. So maybe he does need a fresh start because he essentially he's just basically our Luis Colazo, isn't he, at the moment? A guy who's tricky to fight, but you get the feeling that you could beat him if you're halfway decent. Uh, Joshua asks... Uh, well, he says, if it's not too late, I'd just like to ask if... Nasakawa is that, you, is that how you pronounce it he's on about tension if if Nasakawa had a wider stance would he have knocked Mayweather out <laughs> that's what he lacked I thought that was pathetic when he fell down I've never seen such bad acting from someone who quite clearly didn't want to get up you remember we talked about this how in Japan there's a culture of like double crossing then double double crossing so you never actually know and I don't blame Mayweather for taking him out because Mayweather wasn't to know whether... Because you imagine you're Floyd and there's just loads of Japanese being spoken. And you're like, they might try and Judas me in this fight. They might try and humiliate me. Yeah, they can start kicking and nobody yeah. disqualifies and that causes yeah. a problem. Yeah, so Floyd was like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm getting this done in the first round. <laughs> what he could have done to Conor McGregor if he'd have fancied yeah. it. So, so I, have no, I have no issue with that because I just think generally Japanese stuff is risky. So if you look at K1 as an example, allegedly people took dives in that. But only the person taking the dive would know so as to make it look authentic when the other guy won. He got $9 million for that. <laughs> for that Nasakawa? For that... Um, Floyd. Yeah. But Floyd got $9 million oh, right. to turn okay. up and knock that kid over in a round. But, but what, did the, what did the lad get? No idea. Beaten up. Happy meal. <laughs> no, but... I just so pathetic. No, no, no. Pathetic no, fight. No. But I it's mean, not, though, because if you look at the value of look Ryzen suddenly became something it trended people now know who, what Ryzen is and that's what they wanted they wanted to build that awareness how much would that have cost in the open market to do no idea but it would have been somewhere in the millions so Mayweather kind of pays for himself like, like Ronaldo did for Juventus first week he signed they sold 100,000 shares it's the economics of it but are we just going to sit here and act like we weren't scared as fuck of Gabby Garcia when she fought and he's looking. <laughs> I, you know what? I knew check, that. Check Gabby Garcia. I knew that was a digression. I knew that was just like it's almost like the CD skips. And he says, and I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Where's that come from? <laughs> no, did, did you not see Gabby Garcia fight on the same card? No, I didn't watch the card. If you ever want to know what happens if you spend too much time Whoa. in Sheffield, fuck is this? 
Jesus Christ. What? She's a beast. Six foot two, 105 kilos. Wow. Jesus. Wowie. And no one's talking about how the fuck does she pass Vada? <laughs> does anyone ever ask anyone that question in boxing anymore? <laughs> I ask Mikey Garcia all the time. Like, man, why are you looking like a kangaroo all of a sudden? Right. <laughs> what was Tom Little's tweet? <laughs> you see that? Oh, poor Tom Little, <clears throat> Uh, someone give Tom Little a break. I like Tom. Well, he's talking about Hearn is going to put him on over in Italy, um, which is fine, but it's just going to presumably be fed to a decent Italian. Or Hergovic. No, have we put him with Hergovic? Mm. Nah, Hergovic is Sauerland, isn't he? So, uh, like Hergovic. <coughs> look, look how quickly Hergovic has got ranked and where the fuck is Joker? Um, Ooh, don't do drugs, kids. Callum Smith calls out Ward. That is our last point of the day. That's the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like Joe Gallagher. Ward can't hold a candle to Smith. Jeez, Joe Gallagher, man. Go get yourself an Alsatian and go to bed, man. Bloody hell. How dare you say... Ca- Listen, <laughs> the best version that could ever exist of Callum Smith against the best version of Andre Ward? Come on, man. No. What about no. the best version of Callum Smith versus a hungover out of shape Andre Ward? Uh, That's what they're relying upon. Yeah. <laughs> I still give it to Ward 115, 113. I just, I find it disrespectful. Why are you calling out a guy that's been retired for two years? It's just not very respectful. Like, listen, you've just won your first world title. Get a defense in that means something to the fans now. Earn your right to call out Ward, but you can't call out a Hall of Famer, a man who's undefeated. I mean, you're just a lanky guy who's unfortunately Paul Smith's brother. Is that, was that the shit that's rubbing off on you? Ah, oh, fuck that, man. Just, just, I don't even care about that. Fuck that. <laughs> where, where's it even come from? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you've just beaten George Grove. Everyone's been asking for it. I finally called it. What is wrong with... Because this came about, right, by an interview from Gallagher saying that it looks unlikely they'll be able to fight Anfield in the summer. And so it's, it's straight away this obsession with event boxing, isn't it? That Herner's bred. And yeah. that you need to make... Like, why do we need to see Anfield? To the best of my knowledge, Callum Smith has never headlined and sold out the Echo, like the arena in Liverpool. So why are we jumping straight to Anfield for the first defence? Like Tony Bellew didn't sell out Goodison Park when he fought Makabu for his his coming-of-age world title fight. That wasn't sold out. Life and death. So why do we believe that Callum Smith will sell out? I'm not criticising Callum Smith in this at all. Like, Good on him for having the ambition... And because he's been sat around for so long fighting the Christopher Abrasses of this world, good on him to try and cash in on getting that title. But yeah. why do we need to jump to fighting at Anfield in the first well, defense? You've got and to criticise his team for making him believe that that's an, well, even an option. But why then do we get Andre Ward's name thrown into this? And Joe Gallagher says in the interview, and these were the words in the interview, um, it doesn't look like we'll be able to get Andre Ward because he's asking for silly money to come out of retirement. Well, well, I'll yeah. tell you what, maybe he's retired. <laughs> like, imagine your granddad who's like 80 or whatever and his old workplace ring him up going, can you come in and do a week's shift for us? He's I like, can for yeah, 200 grand. If you- I'll do it for 200 grand a week. <laughs> well, that's silly money. Yeah, I know it is, but I've been retired for a number of years <laughs> and I don't really fancy the job. <laughs> but, but, but if you look at it as well, there are no big fights at 168. No, Durrell, Benavidez. No, no one's going to pay for that. Like, no, I know. That's what I, I mean. Is they're he, not big he, fights. His biggest fight could be Zach Chelly. 
I'm not lying. Like at, at one six eight, <laughs> his biggest fight could be Zach Chelly. I'm not saying that to disrespect Zach. I'm just saying Zach will be the most known and relevant guy at one six eight to most boxing fans right now. No, I mean you've got a Groves rematch. You've got the winner of the Gale Eubank. It, that was so conclusive. You don't want to see that again, though. No, I agree. Unless unless Groves tells me that that arm was a prosthetic arm. His jab hand was prosthetic. But. Yeah, I mean, what they'll try and do, I suspect, is make Golovkin go up in weight. Or, or they'll wait for the winner of DeGale versus... Eubank. Nah, but but, but that, that's being set up for Groves. Groves is going to... That, that, that's the triangle. Yeah, which is cool. Keep it in-house. Yeah, there's go for it. There. That's all money there. Yeah, Callum Smith is likely to end up a bit like Aaron Pryor, where he'll be a guy where you look at him and you go, you didn't really fight these Hall of Famers. You, you had some good fights, but... You know, you don't fight these Hall of yeah. Famers. But we do not need Andre Ward. Talking no. of Hall of Famers, let him stay retired yeah. and get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I want to see him see Callum Smith, though. But, but, you know, but no, but Lennox Lewis He can't really it. call himself a Hall of Famer no. until he's beaten Callum Smith. Yeah, but no, but remember, like... Asking for stupid money. When when Lennox said it, I remember <laughs> Lennox going, I'd come out of retirement to fight Vit- Vitaly for 100 yeah. million. Yeah. He was going to do it at WBC convention or something. Yeah, like, and, and, but Lennox was like, look, that's called fuck you money. I, uh, I'm happily yeah. retired. If you really want to drag me out and put me through hell, you've got to pay for it. Yeah, yeah that's fair enough. <laughs> Silly money. Um, Gallagher's just stupid. He's like the stupidest man in boxing. That's it. He's just stupid. You know, I thought, I thought the corner work for Fielding Canelo, because I wasn't here to discuss it. I thought the corner work there was shocking. But... Gallagher just proves that he's stupider than anyone else in the Northwest. Do you want to talk about fielding Canelo? Because you had some, uh, you had a lot of views on it at the time, didn't you? Oh, man. Fielding is now a legend, wasn't it? That, that was your remarks, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was... <laughs> look at the contrast in how both camps prepared. If you see Canelo shows up, suited, jacket on, smart, neat, professional didn't smile needlessly. It wasn't a jolly to Canelo. It was just another fight. Fielding was... It, listen, it looked like the stag that you guys are going to be going on. Man. <laughs> he's, he's all there at the, at the New York Knicks game. Like, where? Hey, he's taking pictures with people he's a fan of. I'm like, you're not preparing for this fight. And you got his, his whole camp acting like a bunch of school kids on a school trip. I'm like, you're disrespecting this fight. Like, you guys have shown up to lose. Canelo's shown up to, to destroy... And destroys what he did. How, wait a minute. For everyone listening, I just want you to take 30 seconds and go, how can a professional athlete get dropped three times by the same shit? And no one in your corner says, do you know what? He's going to jab you. He's going to put an uppercut there to keep your guard tight. He's going to come around the side. How about when he jabs, you just take a step back and go out to the side? Nah, no point. Do you see what I mean? It confuses me. The things that Canelo beat fielding with the most basic of boxing like it's the stuff you do when you've got a raw novice in the ring like you just go I'm just going to hit him with one hand I'm not even going to use the other hand I'm just going to hit him with one hand he ain't going to see none of this coming and fielding just fell for it and you know how bad was his condition because he just seemed to just not be able to take a body shot and then Adam Smith was like (laughs) you have to applaud his camp for the condition fielding's camp I feel sorry for no, no. I tell you why I feel sorry for Adam Smith because sometimes I almost want to show him the end of the fight before he talks and go, mate, just say something that ties in with the end of the fight. <laughs> but but then 
I want to praise Canelo for that because the Reynoso family are only now just getting the credit for what they did with Canelo. Big point number one, they took Canelo from zero. When the Reynosos met Canelo, he had never boxed in his life. He's now probably the best boxer on the planet, a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest Mexican fighters in history. And he's no Olympian. Nope. He started, like, his first pro fight was 14 years old. Nah, 15, 15, 16. And he okay, went to Japan. 15, 16. Was it, did he go to Japan for it? That's the Nares. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, so you, they've taken this young man. They'd boxed, they'd trained world champions before, but nothing on this level. Who is it that is that? I need to look up his debut. It's against someone that now you look back at it, they were both making Was it debut. like a Figueroa type guy? It was someone like that. Uh, I was going to say Omar Figueroa. No, it was Miguel Vasquez. He yes. fought in his third fight. And then he went on to do shit. Yeah. Yeah. Third yeah. fight. And Th- Vasquez was debuting at the time. Yeah, and look, look how young he was. Uh, work this out. 16. Carry on, I'll, yeah. I'll do the maths in mind. So, so, so you've got the Reynosos and they've done this and like they weren't working with anyone else at the time. Canelo was the sole project. 15. See that 15 years old. How good are the Reynosos to take a kid from 13 and in two years you're fighting professionally? A lot of trainers in this country have to ask themselves what the hell they're doing. But, so you've got these Reynosos. Now, all of a sudden, they've got Canelo to a point where they've validated their approach and their model. Now you get Ryan Garcia and now you've got Oscar Valdez. I love Ryan Garcia. What a stable. That, can you imagine if the Canelo juice rubs off on these guys? <laughs> <laughs> there's something about Ryan Garcia because he's such a lovely young man and like I don't know if you know Ryan Garcia nope. at all Andy but like if you see his like Twitter it's just him out like I'm going to go for a walk in the woods today and stuff like that like really quaint things that he's doing I'm going to go on a tour of London like photos of him outside museums and things just, and then you've got him who's like in competition with Javonta Davis, who's like the badass motherfucker, like going around getting himself into all sorts of mischief. And like, just, I'd love to see those two fight for the contrast in the way it's built up. It would just be mad. But see, I I like to give trainers credit when they do things the right way. And I think what the Reynosas have done is brilliant. Like, it's not loads and loads of Instagram videos of really flashy shit. It's bread and butter training it's listen we're just going to train you for stuff you're going to do in a fight right all this other stuff we leave to the instagram coaches yeah we're about winning shit and that's oh man i get i get really really happy when i see stuff like that you know so congratulations to those guys and it's a perfect contrast with what is in the corner over at manchester because i think we'll begin to realize you know, whatever you want to say about Jamie Moore, and I think Jamie's a good guy. And when Jamie Moore talks boxing, he talks a lot of sense. I just think he's out of his depth at that level. And that's not the talent thing. It's just an experience thing. Okay. Um, any other business? Um, yeah. <coughs> Deep breath. I think I, if you remember, day. last time I was here, there was a whole furore about me saying people need to up their game in terms of just performing in the ring and stuff. And I was pretty animated about that i just wanted to reiterate i stand by everything i said at that point any feedback personally from that listen when you listen this is whoever's listening man whenever you mention my name and i'm not there it gets back to me that's all i'm going to say on the matter it always gets back to me so i stand by everything i said people just need to up their levels in all ways stop 
putting the bullshit out there, man. Because life is only going to get harder for all of us. Rents are going to go up. Mortgages are going to go up. Your season ticket is going to go up. The cost of your M&S sandwich is going to go up. Those guys that like to eat the buffalo chicken wings, they're going to go up from two quid to two quid 75 this year. And in the midst of all of that, you're trying to buy tickets for boxing. So just go into the ring and be an animal. Take the guy out. You're on a four rounder because we expect you to take the guy out inside of four rounds. Go and do that for us, please. That's all we're asking this year. If you're on a four-rounder against the next kickboxer or whatever, take him out. I don't want you to go through the rounds. <laughs> That's not what I paid for. If you sell me a ticket and you say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the rounds, then I can make a choice over whether to buy it or not. But I'm expecting you to take these guys out. Please. That's what I'm asking for this I'm year. I'm going to destroy him. And then an yeah. hour later, well, this is a tune-up fight tonight. <laughs> but you can't have that. Like, you, you can't. I understand sometimes fights don't happen, but... This whole thing of you're going to determine your career, you'll fight who you want, when you want. Ah, really? Don't, don't, don't take the fans for granted. Because it's changing. And promoters are going to have to change in 2019. I want to, do you know what I want to see, Andy? Mine. This is what I want to see. I want us to go back to the old days. Let's have a boxing show in the Coronet Theatre. Let's have a boxing show in the Clapham Grand. All right, it might only hold 500 people. But that five fights on there, some guys who want to prove themselves, get fucking... Charlie Sloth to DJ or Sam O'Reilly can DJ. I mean, I'm sure he can mix. But basically, just do a show that's a little bit different. Where you, I'm not under pressure to sell 300 tickets. Just something nice and simple. So even smaller, small hall. No, well, like you know, mini fr- hall. Like, look, Frank. I think the, we'll see something like this. Frank does the dinner shows, right? You know, he does the Olivia. Yeah, whatever, yeah. The Once North a year. Thing. Yeah. So he will do something like that, and then like didn't Leron Richards <laughs> fight for WBO European on? That? He did. Just, it's those sorts of things. Just being a little bit creative in how we get guys fighting and stuff. And let's just, we can take a few risks. And I know on Ring Talk, Steve's going to go, normally agree with Terry, but if he really wants to show how this works, he can come and promote. I'm not saying I want to come and promote. I'm just saying, (laughs) let's just all take a few risks. Me as a trainer, me as a guy that tries to help out in the sport, let me take a few risks. Everyone, just take a few risks. Let's just try and move the sport on. It's 2019, man. We've got a chance to, to reflect on this year and go, we all... Wait a minute. I've my, heard whispers my... of uh, there's going to be a show yeah. of some sort where it will be like a, a mix between a party and a boxing event. It's not going to be televised, I don't believe. It's nothing like that, but a wait, group wait, What do you mean? Wait, what's all party? Like a big nightclub party. Well, with a boxing ring there and just bring some lads out and have boxing fights whilst there's a big party going on. What, what happens at the end of the night when the real boxing starts? <laughs> <laughs> but... I don't, no, no, wait, wait, stop. You know, in my head, I'm a bit confused because I'm going back to my student nights and I'm imagining my student night with a boxing ring in the middle. <laughs> I, I don't want to be down. Is, is this come and have a go? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be down in WKD blue <laughs> taking body shots <laughs> and mixing that with the Apple VK and the Apple and Melon J20. Yeah, keep an eye out for that anyway. That's uh, something that might happen in the near future. But that's what I want. Just be different because... It's a bit different, that. Yeah. Do you know, for me... Whether it works or not, I don't know. If if something piques my interest, because I don't think I want to go to many shows in 2019, but if it piques my interest and I go, the fuck is that? I'll go. Because that's why... I'm going to give this a go. It might not work. It might work. Let's go and see what it's like. 
But I'll rest assured I'll still bitch about it because that's just who I am. <laughs> Shout to Denzel Bentley. Oh. Yeah. So like when you're saying about people that are going out just to fucking make a Woo. statement. Denzel Bentley is a middleweight that is going under the radar. Was it seven knockouts in eight fights? Yeah. On the small hall scene. Yeah. Including like Serge and Bomo, Ashley Bailey Demetz. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. You know, come on, man. Like, they, they pulled Surge up 20 pounds. So, okay. Yeah. Um, look, I'm just giving you some <laughs> names that are associated to his CV. Yeah. But he's going out and doing stuff to lads quickly. And that's what you're saying is you, you want to see that out of people. Now, I'm, you know, when, when and shouts out to Dan Aziz because Dan put me on to Denzel Bentley. I want to see Denzel versus Linus. Let Linus get Tay out the way. And I'm saying that because I think Linus beats Tay. Put him in with Denzel. Let, let, let's let's stop trying to build people up. You you fight. Martin McDonough calling out Mason Smith already. Love it. Absolutely love that. Put a nice big Instagram post. All like, listen, I'm tired of you calling out my name and all this stuff. You know I schooled you every time we fought. I'm more than happy to do it again in 10 ounce gloves. I mean, you're gonna get it. I'm like, oh. And that's when you get amped up as a fan. When I see these guys going, I want to deal with these issues. So let's do that. Guys like Denzel Bentley, Dan Aziz. Let's start getting these guys stuck in. Look, Andre Sterling. And I like Andre because Andre's now like, I'll jump in with anyone. That's what we need in 2019. And don't, don't necessarily just listen to your manager or listen to your promoter because they might not have your best interests at heart. Tell them what you want and then show them how you're going to make it work. That's all I can say. You know? Andy's looking at me like, just shut up now. No, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to get you onto is the next part of your any other business, which there is clearly going <laughs> to yeah, be. Yeah, there's loads, man. Look. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So managed to spend most of Friday with Isaac Chamberlain and Angel Fernandez. So I said to Isaac, I just want to come down and see what's going on. Was Rob Martin down there? No. Surprising. I thought he spent some time with, a, uh, well, with Chamberlain. And- I don't think he was there on Friday, though. Well, he wasn't because I would have seen him. But... Did anyone see the video of that guy that punched the girl on New Year's Eve? Yes. Did anyone else think Rob Martin was the guy in the background going, mate, you can't do that? If you listen back to it, that sounds like Rob Martin. Rob, was that you? Cause I hear this guy no, because Rob would have fucking gone after the bloke who did it. No one did. <laughs> that was the strangest thing. <laughs> I know, but Rob's an animal. Rob yeah. would have been all over him. Uh, no, nah, I think Rob's different. I think Rob would have just shown up at the guy's <laughs> house. The guy would have got home and Rob's just sat there on the sofa going, I'll we need to waiting. talk. Yeah. <laughs> guys mum's made Rob some food and he just sat there <laughs> he just sat there like let me finish my quail scotch egg <laughs> my half cooked quail eggs <laughs> no but look so I got to see what Isaac's working on the first thing I noticed that Isaac looks a lot bigger now which and it's not even that big where you guys have been in Sheffield it's that big where it's almost like he's just matured physically so he looks he looks like a cruiserweight now. Like if they ever did a film about George Foreman, not George Foreman, no, Joe Frazier, you could get Isaac to play Joe Frazier. He just looks, he looks like a cruiserweight now. And that looked really good. And the stuff he's doing with Angel Fernandez all looks good. Uh, and I know Angel gets a hard time because he's got the link up with Jorge Rubio. And there's some people in the British boxing scene that just like to, they like to dismiss people because they're not part of that little inner circle. And I think that's really unfair because this guy is doing a lot of good work and we should give him the opportunity to showcase what he can do. Do you know what I like about what he's doing is that where he's going to post videos about him and his fighters, they're videos of things that you don't normally see. They're different techniques than just the stuff on the pads or the skipping. 
It's, Shan, go Shan, play more around, Shan. <laughs> it's the things that you don't normally see off of trainers, and I quite like that. Yeah, and, if you're and, gonna do it, do it differently. And and so I like his approach because his thing is, yeah, I can put videos up because you're just seeing him train. You're not seeing the whole philosophy. You're not seeing the whole vision, and you're not seeing what's going to happen in the ring. Because Isaac's out on the Liverpool show, isn't he? I don't know against Craig Glover. Uh, well, someone put a picture up, so I hope I'm not grassing at the moment, but. I saw something on social media, so I think it's out there now that he's fighting Craig Glover. And he didn't tell me that for the record, but yeah, I, I picked that one up. Interesting fight. Um, Glover just beat Valili, didn't he? Yeah, but I've always had questions about how good is Valili as a pro. Yeah. So I found it strange that they'd put Craig in with Isaac. That doesn't seem like a strong show of faith from Matchroom. I thought after the Watkins fight, they'd be pushing him upwards. So I'm disappointed in Matchroom on that behalf. You know, they could have tried to make the Wadi fight. I don't think there was an appetite to force that issue. They did try to make the Wadi fight. But just not for the right numbers, I imagine. Uh, from what I understand, they offered the right kind of numbers, which was accepted by those involved. And Steve had put this up on Twitter. They offered a figure that was in uh, the right numbers for everyone. And then they accepted it, and then they moved. Matchroom moved what that value was. Is from what I understand. What, downwards, happened. yeah. Fuck it. <clears throat> and so at that point, they said no. Like we were happy with the original. We're not happy with the revised. Yeah, understood. And you know, I, I get criticised for pulling people up. Fair enough, man. You know what I mean, Waddy's at that point now where he's like, he doesn't need to take that fight. Yeah, he can hang with that Commonwealth belt until a proper, well-paying fight comes along. Yeah, yeah, maybe... Now, he can't fight Big Joe, man. Big Joe's not from the Commonwealth. But, well, yeah, that would have been good. Big know. Joe can't fight anyone, can he? Oh, no, he fought in Paris. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. So he didn't get the fight on the British Warriors thing, right? <laughs> so he ends up... But he up he, in Paris. He fought Brudov. Really? Yeah, he fought Brudov in Paris. Okay. <laughs> How bizarre. He did him in six rounds. So he fought Brudov. So you imagine you're, you're meant to be fighting some some MMA guy, whatever his name was. Uh, I can't remember. Sounded Finnish. Kenty Kennan, whatever his name was. You're meant to be fighting him. That falls through. You end up fighting Brudov. So that, but then I was like, well, you fight Brudov. Like, why isn't that giving you some ranking points? So I don't know what's, what's going on there. But I, I'd like to see Joe fight one of these British guys. Just me personally, I think he's at the level where you could put him in with Askin and he'd beat Askin. Why not? Just throwing it out there. But no, shouts out to Big Joe, man. Everyone, he's just a nice guy, man. Big Joe. Legend. You know, if you need anything in Brussels, man, talk to Big Joe. He'll look out for you. <laughs> Who else is there, man? So we saw Isaac. Um, he's good. Big shout out to Dan Aziz and Umar. You know what I mean? You know, like I say, man, boxing's a, a sport full of snakes, cunts, and dickheads. But you meet people of real honor and integrity. Dan Aziz, Umar. Has Umar nailed down a new trainer yet? Officially? Um, I need to catch up with him with where we are in the story. I know it's down to a handful of people. Cool. But it, he because he has such a unique setup, like remember he had this whole setup before he came into the game, that it's hard to find these trainers who can get their heads around that and still go, okay, I see the, the potential, the value. So I think that's, he, he's just negotiating that. But look, you know, he, he's a talent that you'd have in your roster. And if you really think you're a trainer, Umar's the kind of guy that if you can get the results out of Umar, everyone will come to you. Because they're like, do you know what? 
you I mean you're moneyballing this shit. And I know a lot of that's down to you and your tactics. So you need you need that. They're the sort of guys that if I if I had my own gym, I'd take in guys like Uma. Guys like Uma, JP, I think if you can make them champions, you've earned your chops as a trainer. Like you can give me an Olympian, man. Come on. That's not hard. You can give me an Olympian. You could give me Ben Whitaker. You could give me Siobhan Clark. Even in the girls, you could give me Shona Whitwell. You could give me Ellie Scottney. You can give me Hannah Robinson. I'd like to feel I could turn them into champions without much effort. But it's these other guys where, you know, they're starting without that GB thing and you've got to push harder and you just got to, you know I mean, you've got to get the savage out of them and go, right, we're just wiping everyone out on the way to the top. And then on a side note, big shout out to Ellie Scottney, one of my favorite female boxers out there, man. Just, just a great human being, man. Need to see more of her this year. She's class, like her. And so, you know, if you guys want to know people who should turn over and would do good in the pros, between that 57 and 60 kilo range, Jesus Christ, Ellie Scottney, Shona Whitwell, Hannah Robinson, killers, killers. And remember, I showed you the pictures of Hannah. Hannah doesn't even look like a killer, but she is. I know who you want to say, but no. But no, I think, I don't think anything else we need to touch on. Who fought on this sore undercard? Anyone of interest? <coughs> nah. Yeah. No, I'm done. I'm knackered. Can we get this? Fra- oh, shit. Do you Fra- know what? Just a quick one on Frampton. Oh, my God. Like, woo. Woo. Boxing history would have to revisit that, man. Do you, you know what? This is the only thing I wanted to say, and I don't know if this was touched on when you guys recorded. You should have listened. I don't think... Did you record after Frampton? Yes. Fucking hell, man. You didn't listen. You no, I did. No, no, fuck you. No, no, I did listen. Look, I listen on iTunes and I listen on SoundCloud, so you get two spins. <laughs> Total bollocks. No, it's true. You gotta get two spins. When I, the only time I don't listen is when I'm on. But no... I now, bad I now ask myself, what would have happened <laughs> if Santa Cruz had been 100% in the first fight? Because you, you saw that performance in, from Warrington. And I was like, number one, I looked at it and I went, what the hell? Where's this Warrington come from? Do you see what I mean? <laughs> Theobald's eyes are just gone like saucers. <laughs> no, but I was like, where's this Warrington come from? You know, in the second round, because I know you were watching it before the white fight. Yeah. And he just let his hands go on Frampton. I was like... He just waited for Frampton to throw and then went, brilliant, let's do it. Let's... And I was just like... I was like, Carl, stop, you're going to get knocked out. Yeah. And it was when Carl's legs went a bit and he half stumbled back. Oh. And I think, like, as as incredible as Warrington's engine is, he couldn't quite, couldn't quite keep that going. He yeah. needed that 20 seconds to get his breath back. Yeah, fucking hell. Like, so, so now it's like, well, was it worth leaving Shane? Because I don't think that version of Frampton would have come out under Shane. It's just my opinion. So, I, man, boxing's a cruel sport. You know, one minute Frampton's fighter of the year, then Warrington's savaging you in a way where I'm like, I don't even want to ever see a rematch. I don't. I don't want to see a rematch. And I'm now looking at Warrington going... Can we get Lomachenko down and see what happens? Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what happens, then. This is mad scientist sort of stuff. Um, Rob, uh, just oh, last one across the line. Rob, I go what, home. what do you make of Price joining Haymaker? What? He hasn't. When? 
Sorry, who's who's put that? This guy, Rob. That, just... Right, whoever's put that has been fooled by the Boxing Kingdom fake Twitter account. They put it up. Price hasn't joined Haymaker. Rob, consider yourself educated. Jack Harding asks, Joe Joyce's shit somersault. Discuss. <laughs> the man well, that, I'll tell you what, you want to be his weight, his size, <laughs> everything about him, and try and do a somersault. Because I can't do one. Maybe that's why he shouldn't have tried to do I'm pretty somersault. sure you can't do one. Pretty sure Terry can't do one. You want to be Joe Joyce's size and do a standing somersault. Listen. Fuck that. Why, why would you even criticise that? <laughs> That man is 17 stone 10, maybe even 18 stone. And he launches himself in the air, rotates and lands back on his feet. Standing. If that was the Olympics, right, that landing, they'd be like, oh, he stuck that in there. You know, there's no hop. Like, you know, like when they do the full (laughs) twisting Yuchenko on the vault, right? No, no, no. I'm an expert. They do that full twisting Yuchenko on the vault. And then they, if they stop dead still and then open their arms up to the judges. Then you're like, ah! But, but you know when you see the ones and they do they, they, they do the little stuttering hop? Yeah. And you're like, nah, 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 nah. Come nah, on. Get out it doesn't cut. Like, that is not, not as good as Joe Joyce. Or, 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 or they just don't land it, man. They just land and they've over-rotated and they just shot through. On a side note, man, when's the matchroom gymnastics thing happening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, April 13th, Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> what, they're all wearing dinosaur costumes. We've had a bit of a paradigm shift and now... <laughs> No, but they need to hurry Joe up. Joyce because comes <laughs> out. Joe Joyce comes out. Just doing standing somersaults for two hours. Terry on the judges' panel. With dinosaurs going round. <laughs> but you know what's mad? Like, look how many people have retired from the gymnastics squad in the time Barry Hearn said he was going to do a show. They've got no one left. It's a bit like their boxing stable. The only ones you cared about were that Joe... No, Louis... Louis Smith. Louis Smith. Isn't he still... He's not still doing it. No, he retired. Oh, did he? Okay, right. Well, that's oh, enough. last one, last one. Big oh, shout please. out to Carly Ogogo. No, no, honestly, big shout out to Carly Ogogo. Um, hell of a boxer. Anthony Ogogo's sister, hell of a boxer. Good human being, man. Oh, I like 9,000 views of Joshua. <laughs> and rang a what, But what's the sentiment, I, though? What, what are the comments? I posted... Uh, there's a fair company. view that are like, this is fucking animal cruelty. And why haven't people picked up on this? And then there's a fair few just laughing faces. Well, this typical Joshua fans, right? Yeah. Uh, so what for Narangatang's been beaten shitless and probably electrocuted? So what, mate? So what, look at him in a dress. It's hilarious. You know, there'll be some prick who'll be like, I see Joshua's met his relatives. Someone's going to do I've not that. seen anyone say that, but some cunt will say that. Yeah, I'm waiting for that one. Uh, okay, yeah. right, that is enough from us. Yeah, we're done. Um, I'm not going to ask you for both for any more predictions 2019. I'd love to, but I'm not going to because Martin's really packed in. I'm vacant. But I could go all night. No. Okay, right. That's enough. <laughs> With the 15 supermodels. That is yeah, that is our just over two hour welcome back and uh, welcome to 2019. Forward. I think 2019 will do like five hour podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> not fucking chance. <laughs> Martin's face, that was a picture. <laughs> On the weeks I'm not here, fill Five. your boots. Do you know what? One one day. Five hour Honestly, one, do it one, in March when me and Andy are on a stag thing. Imagine how shit that'd be. Be brilliant. Let's try that next time, Andy. We're just going to be here when we go to like four in the morning. I'll tell you what, I'll do the first hour and the last hour. I'll go home and spend time with my family in between. <laughs> It'd be like a telethon. <laughs> Everyone has to dial in. Look, if we raise 10 grand, we'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
April 13th, Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, thank you very much for listening. As always, welcome to 2019, and we will hopefully do some five-hour podcasts from here on. Batman, see you later, everyone. Bye. Bye.